I don't know. It's still turning. There it is. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Looks like we already got everybody in, huh? Uh, Shamario Patterson's already in here. So I'm like, let's go. Greatest show in the game. Appreciate that, man. It's always a great show when we got great music to talk about. And I think some dope music dropped today. How you doing, Coop? Doing very well. Um, I would like to start off these podcasts by saying we are the most credible hip-hop organization online today. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm going to say, man? And I, I didn't even know I was going to start the show like this. <coughs> nah, I'm going to wait till Mad Max get in here because we was talking about New York radio and stuff, man. And I came across an old article mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. brought up feelings about <sighs> when Peter well, Rosenberg too, when, I mean, when Peter well, Rosenberg I mean, I... was disrespecting Chuck D. And well, I'm, I'm like, New shit. York, how do y'all let this guy still be on New York radio after disrespecting Chuck D for actually being critical about what New York radio plays hip hop wise? But we'll get into that later. (laughs) But I say, I hope you're going to share some of your sentiments that you shared with me too, in terms of like, you know, you know, who's really uh, getting the likes and the shares out here in these streets. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like I think I think those things are like catching cases concurrent, Mike. You can definitely put them together. You got a Kobe. I mean, <laughs> the numbers say what they say, man. The people say what they say. You know, you can't. One of the things you can't say is, you know, this is just a small thing going on. Like this is just a a fringe situation. But I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. But yes, I don't know which album we're gonna start off talking about. I might want to go to Jeezy first, man. I have a whole lot of interesting things to say about that. But off top, I want to say I highly anticipated the Liz, too. For the people that, um, uh, he said, oh, push or put on a show Wednesday. But yeah, I highly anticipated the Liz, too, for the people who listen to our show frequently. And I was pleasantly surprised by what I heard today on the Liz, too. Actually, one of my favorite hip-hop albums of 2022. I can honestly say that. And uh, I'm sure we'll get to that, too. We are. I, too, was anticipating it highly. I was not disappointed. My thoughts before the album, just off the three records that I had heard, was, is she going to make a top 10 rap album this year? And I think if we have time, we should maybe unpack if that actually happened potentially. Because I think it's good enough to actually have conversation about if it is a top 10 rap album this year. And this has been a year that hasn't been like a mind-blowing year in terms of the material. But there have been a lot of really good to great projects that have came out. And if she can crack the top 10 off of this, it, it'll be fascinating to see. So we need to just kind of like maybe... This is what the Patreon kind of is for, too, is to do some comparing contrast. You know what I immediately thought about? It's like... I know people are going to probably say the ransom is better. It's like, but I know I'm going to enjoy this more and play this more than the ransom. It, it's, it's very Rome Streets to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a sense where I love, I, I listen to the Rome Streets album all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like this is just right here in my vibe. Um, yeah, I mean, ransom is ransom, and, you know, his lyrical ability is what it is on a technical level. Yes, I'm probably going to listen to this album more. I think I might listen to this album more than the Shade Noir as well. But we we'll thought about that as well. Um, people in the chat are saying that I hate Jeezy, so let's just jump on into it then. Well, you want to know what? Here's what I'm going to do, Mike. 
I don't, you know how I feel about the word hate. Hate's a very strong word to use, but you're definitely not a fan. I like Jeezy take, as a, I like Jeezy as a businessman. As but a you're artist, not a fan of his music per se, really. He what what You're is there what is there stuff. to actually like though? He's not skilled lyrically, right? His flow's not even his, right? Decent rap voice, okay. Pretty good. And he had voice. a very short, hot run. And, and, and okay. you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's put him with his contemporaries and their growth. So he came out around 04, 05 ish, right? You got people yeah. like the game. Are we going right. to compare him to the game and where he grew as an artist and what he's put out, how he sounds right now? Keep We're gonna, going. Are we going to compare him to Rick Ross? Oh. Ross left him in the dust. Let's oh. be real. Are we going to compare him to even Gucci? Gucci has been able to evolve with the times. Gucci can make records about anything. And I'm going to get to that too when we talk about this album. But... Where am I supposed to place him amongst his peers? <clears throat> now, if we're going to be fair, you know, when it comes to, you know, <clears throat> you remember class rank in high school, Mike? You know, when everybody had a class rank? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody's number one, then somebody's number 464, too. You feel what I'm saying? And so if you just want me to be honest and objective about it, like critiquing it in terms of his class, of superstar rappers per se, or wouldn't you say like like superstar level rapper? Um, he would probably come in last pace in his peer group in respect to T.I., Wayne, The Game, Ross. Like all those guys bubbled around that time. You know what I'm saying? Kanye. I, I feel like um, I feel like T.I. and Wayne you feel like are slightly before him. Before, but yeah. but but their come up their come up it's is around that time though. Okay, if we want to talk about like a... And I feel like 2000, 2001 is a whole different game than 2004, 2005. That's what I mean. Like yeah. Wayne and T.I. in 2001 weren't who they were in 2005. I think T.I.'s jump off was actually 2003. So I guess that's fair. Yeah, he's that, not, that's literally he's not a year even before the, Jeezy. He's not, even on the same, Jeezy. he's not even on the same planet as T.I. I, I never, I never said that he was. I just said that if you're ranking the class rank for the superstar rappers of his class, he's probably going to come in last place. Um, Andre Shashir says with the super chat, I mean to cut you off. He says, up, that, he says, uh, Freddie Gibbs' album is better than Rome Streets, but I like listening yes. to Rome Streets much more. Um, so I understand why yes. Coop might listen to Armani over Ransom. I, uh, I might not feel about that with the Rome Streets and Freddie, but actually I have listened to the Rome Streets more than Freddie, <laughs> technically. With with that being said, film. is Jeezy better than Freddie? For oh, all no. y'all thinking I'm hating, you know what I'm saying? Like, where am I supposed no, Fred, to place? Fred, Fred, Freddie's four album run that he's currently on right now is better than anything Jeezy's done. Because yeah. So where is he? I just told you where he is, but that doesn't. I mean, if you actually look at the class, though, I mean. T.I., that's a, it's a Hall of Fame top 20 rapper. Ross, Hall of Fame top 25-ish, 30-ish rapper. Same thing with Game. It's not like the competition of the class that he in is slouch. He's probably the least talented and has delivered the least of the bunch. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have some of 
the same things that they have, classic material, classic albums, classic songs, just not as much of and not maybe not as respected lyrically. So I want to gauge it fairly, you know, and, and also, too, I think some of the points that you want to make, I think I just want to make sure we're being fair across the board about the things that maybe you might take issue with. And that's why I was like, I want to take notes because here's the thing. I just got done listening to the Snoop and mm-hmm. I guarantee you that some of the same critiques that you're probably about to have to Jeezy, I could slide over to the Snoop and tell you, well, why did you like the Snoop so much? Okay. Well, let's do that. Okay. All right. Well, today, uh, Jeezy and Drama, they dropped a Gangster Grill. Actually, one of three Gangster Grills to drop today. Snoop dropped one and so the NBA Young Boy, but we're going to cover you know two of the latter uh because it's just so much music out there hold and, on can um, i just say something can uh, i say something briefly yeah, go ahead. we also need to cover the fact that gucci did a very business savvy and intelligent thing today and dropped the triple album to try to outstream jeezy which i think is super petty yeah i texted you that this morning that's oh what I was trying to tell that's you. what you were saying i you yeah. know i think i must misread like, the text yeah no gucci no i was like gucci dropped the triple album today it's like two hours and 47 minutes worth of music like i was like we're not listening to that today. shout out to the great gucci i thought you were just talking about the fact that gucci consistently drops no, work i yet. meant today the petty level is high today you know i'm sorry man when it comes to just again Seeing, so icy if for people who weren't in the city at the time or whatever it's oh, two guys cool. who were at the same level at that time right and who were you know coming from similar places they really weren't quote unquote rappers but they were you know getting into the rap game you can listen to Gucci and hear how Gucci has gotten better and better and more effortlessly effortless with this thing over the years and the fact that and i think i told you this earlier i mean gucci got songs about his wedding anniversary or you know what I'm saying it's like gucci can make records about anything pretty much jeezy can't do those touching. things no i found that yeah. to be touching that he did that too yeah. and showing that type of development and growth as a man because you know we see him you know, flaunt her in public, you know, they'd be at the Hawks games and all like, you know what I'm saying and stuff, but like to reflect on it in your career and in your passion is, you know. If it weren't for, I'm going to get to this, but if it weren't for interviews, I wouldn't know anything about Jeezy at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hear, I wish that his interviews and the things that he say in his interviews actually translated over to the music. So, with that being said, Jeezy and Drama dropped uh, is it Snowfall today. Yes. Uh, Just like the Snowball. Seven... They had a snowball for Snowfall. Had a snowball for Snowfall. Um, and yes, it was a gangster grill. I thought the production was pretty dope. Uh, I got the track list here on the screen. Uh, the couple of standout records for me. I'm going to say Colors was the first one that I heard where I was like, okay. I like Scarface. Okay. Uh, and I actually like Grammy, too, I think. Uh, okay. You didn't like the intro? It was cool. It was predictable. What were your thoughts on the project? And then I'll, I'll give mine. Objectively speaking, I thought it was the best product that he's made in a long time. Okay. It is. Like, 
I can't remember the last album where he even had a song like Colors on it, to be quite frank with you. What was the last Jeezy album that you would say was uh, was quality level to the point where it met the standards that you've set for him? 103. What year was that? Shit. I was outside like a motherfucker, so it was a while ago. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to say... I want to say it's been 10 years, at least, okay. maybe 11. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what were some of your thoughts on the see. project? I'm listening. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me what no, you No, no, I was just going to ask you, but uh, you want me to go? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I want to hear your thoughts first, you know what I mean? Because, like, <clears throat> I'm, I think it's always uh, better for our viewership when the person who <laughs> isn't the fan does the critique first. Okay, you know, like 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 whoever's the bigger fan should always go last, don't you think? It just seems more objective that way. And right. since I am the bigger fan, I think it's easier to hear it from you first, and then maybe if I don't agree with something, I'll be like, "Well, hold on." You well, know what I'm saying? Well, let's do this. And 103 was uh, 2011. Says our uh, chat right. over here. Yeah, the recession was 08. Man, that was a long time ago. All right, this is what yes, we're gonna do. I'm gonna give the good. I thought the production was good. I think the production was something that um, we we consistently yeah um, that we expect from this parent. I think that they tried yes. to give us that gangster grill feel. It was a throwback, whatever. But I also think when you talk about lyrically, that's a setback to me. I think we talked about this when we talked about uh, Crooked Eye and Joel Ortiz album. This mm-hmm. is the ultimate what we remember what we used to do album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the ultimate like remember when we was at yada yada. Remember when we drove this, we started this, we yada yada this. Very um not even really nostalgic in that way, but almost on some remember me stuff, right? Not progressive mm-hmm. in that way. Uh one of the records that really stood out to me that I thought was kind of all over the place with the street cred record. And I Let's remember, talk about that record. So he got on uh, Big Facts and he was talking about how street cred's not important anymore. Or, you know, and I see even on the song, he was like, street cred doesn't pay my bills, blah, blah, blah. But then drama's in the back talking about all the street cred they do have. It was mixed messaging in that sense where it's like, is this song about street cred you still got? Or is it about it's not important anymore? Did you got did it, did drama even listen to the song, or did he just jump on there and start yelling on it? It's DJ drama, you may not have listened to a damn thing. I mean, once. definite possibility. <laughs> I mean, d- does the DJ who's hosting the mixtape not even listen to the lyrics of the actual songs that Jeezy's putting out? Now you're being problematic. I'm just being. I'm just being real. Going on that shady. It's not. I mean, they're not saying the same things. Okay, I thought they were kind of um, doing a little compare and contrast of like 
you know, how things were as opposed to how they are now. I would call that speaking comparatively okay. about two different eras of cred, like saying, you know, the street cred used to look like that. Now the street cred is this to us. That's what I thought that was saying. But when you bring up the fact that it could be sending a mixed message, no, I find that to be viable that you say that because I don't know how else to say this. Well, the average person just ain't that bright, Mike. And so I can see plenty of people getting that confused now that you bring that up and being like, oh, these niggas don't know what they talking about. One nigga talking about gang, gang, gang in the background. The other one talking, you know? Yeah, the other one's talking about, I don't need this street cred anymore. Right. No, no, no. So I can see that. I didn't think about that until you said it. So I'm going to give you some credit for like alluding to that and making it viable, I can only just tell you what I hear. But things like this is why I think it's important for the person who's a less of a fan to speak first, because I think if I say that, and it's like, oh, well, then you're just a fan. Well, the thing <laughs> is, though, it's like, I think that someone, I mean, let's just be real, whether he held, holds himself as a rapper or not, you've been, I mean, first major album dropped in 05, he was been rapping way before that. I mean, you've been rapping nearly 20 years now. I mean, has the... Has the skill set and the craft not gotten to, hadn't gotten to the point where you can actually articulate some of these thoughts a little bit better to the point where things are clearer? Now, Mike, if you want to make the point that he's not better as an MC and hasn't grown lyrically, I think he took a jump somewhere between like uh, the inspiration and the recession as an MC. Somewhere in between there, like he took a jump as an MC. But since that jump, I don't really felt like he's taking another jump. And if you feel that way, too, I'm not going to disagree with you about that. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you're going to tell me that he's not hasn't gotten better as an MC, no, nah, you're right about that. And even if you don't even have to get better as an MC, life changes, right? He's seeing a lot of things. And again, I watched a bunch of different Jeezy interviews and listened to this album. I'm a... I listened to the Hot 97 interview. I also listened to the Big Facts interview. He was saying a lot of the same things in all these interviews. But a lot, one of the things that I took from the Big Facts interviews was the fact that he was just talking about he lives a different life now, which is cool. And he was talking about he got like 10 cars and he really ain't got nowhere to go. But with that being said, why can't we get any of this stuff that you're talking about in these interviews in the actual music. Now, and, Mike, I believe one of the records he did kind of, a couple of the records, Mike, he actually did do that. When you were telling me that, I think you texted me that this morning when we we were up early this morning and we had texted about some of these things. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and, and, and on a couple of these records, Mike, he does kind of... Um, what records would you say? Because I got the I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to have to pull them up again because, I, you know, especially since it was Jeezy, it was more of like a ride around thing. Like, I didn't, you know, I like to hear, like, how about this? Jeezy is one of those artists. I do like to hear him outside before I hear him inside. I usually do listen in the headphones first, but I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to have to turn this up. One of the things that I took from both of his interviews is the fact that he said that, you know, he's always wanted to be a businessman. And I respect Jeezy as a hustler and, you know, businessman and those things that he's done in that world. But he said music was his vehicle to do that, right? Um, yeah, you didn't like you didn't like King's Crown still having. Like he touched on some things in there. That's what I mean. My accountant, Grammy, you bought up Grammy. Yeah, like it's not all. See, this is what I mean. When you say he hasn't grown as an MC, 
I can understand that. But what I would submit to you is that sometimes it's easier for you to hear that lack of growth when you're not a fan of somebody. Because when I listen to Snoop's project, I could sit, bounce right back to you. It's like, oh, well, Snoop hasn't grown or gotten better or talked about anything different either. He's just a bigger star, better MC, mm. more likable, makes better songs. But the same things that you're saying about Jeezy, I can say about Snoop. Well, Snoop flow and delivery and lyrics ain't no better than they were on Doggy Style. Nope. Uh, Hold on, Mike. Is he not on this album? Snoop not on this DJ drama talking about bitches, smoking, cripping. He's talking about having fun. You're right. All right. What is Doggy Style about, Mike? Doggy Style is about having fun. Right. He is smoking, drinking, with the messing with these cripping. Right. So (laughs) what's he doing on this album, Mike? Smoking, drinking, messing with the cripping. Yeah, same okay. things. This same is what, delivery. I understand what I understand what you're saying, and I think that's a fair point. But what I expected from this record, just like I said, listening to the interviews that Jeezy was doing, where he was talking about basically he carries himself like a James St. Patrick's from Power, right? Where this whole thing is about getting out of the game. No, it is. I mean, he was talking about that, like transitioning. I know. I just don't like it. Stuff. I just never liked it for him because that was okay. So here's the thing about it: when you want to pull that move, you open yourself up to the thing. Now you got to be deeper. About. You want to be cinematic? Right. Let's be cinematic. And I don't want right. to sit here and hear the same old dope stuff. This, that, and the third. No, you're sitting here so why with. Is it okay? You're sitting Go here ahead, with, with the mayor of the city. You're sitting over here with governor candidates. You're sitting there with the president of the United States. Looking like James St. Patrick's. I want to hear some more serious stuff. Or transitional stuff. Because And the other part of it, too, is... Um, and he said this on the album. He always says this. He always talks about how big of a fan of Tupac's that he is, right? He always talks about how much he admires Tupac. Tupac's his biggest inspiration. Okay, well, dig a little deeper then. You know what I'm saying? Like, dig a little deeper. Let's... And Snoop, you know, Snoop has always said Slick Rick's his guy, right? So he goes and kind of does some of the things that Slick Rick does. But it's like, I don't see the Pac influence in Jeezy when it comes to just being able to balance out things in that way and really give you some real, real material. It seems like what we were just saying in the previous episode, he's picking out the the last nine months of Tupac's life to be inspired by. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I mean, that's okay. So, <clears throat> hence the whole I don't hold Machiavelli as high as other people because it's not like it's, it's good music. It's not aspirational or inspirational, though. And before it's people not. bring up Pusha T, I criticize Pusha T's. It's almost drive for the same thing. But at you least did. with Pusha T, you got bar work that you compensates. Did. No, or the lack that. of yeah. No, the, you know who the main person I thought of was today is that man Pusha T is really an awesome, awesome lyricist. Yeah, because because he he doesn't you know for as many people as get on him saying well why do you keep talking about it it's like oh because I flip it better than anybody ever exactly. has and 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 and, and Jeezy, the way that he hasn't flipped it the way Pusha T has is evidence because you know what made you you know what I did play today. I played Illin and I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, push it to tease that dude at this talk. Like, he's the guy for this talk. 
that's what I mean, though. But it's like it's not fair to put Jeezy next to Pusha because Pusha's high, high level. Like, Pusha's closer to Jada kissing Ray. I just don't know. I mean, I guess Jeezy's kind of where I've always had him. But I just don't know for the people who, you know, are Jeezy fans to that degree. Like, I don't really understand where y'all have him at. And and I don't understand the justification for it. And I also think that this product right here is living proof. It's like there's so many places he can go, so many pl- things that he could talk about, or so many different ways that he can expand musically because he has expanded, you know what I'm saying, obviously in his personal and business and empire that he's building, and we get none of that. This was nothing but like, you know what? I'm going to try to basically make um, Streets is Watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what right. I got from this. Right, 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 right. Content right. and all. It's zero growth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really, it's zero growth if we want to talk about the context of it. Now, as far as the production, it was dope. No, you're right. There's zero growth because here's the thing. Like, and this is what I mean. Sometimes the growth is in the ability to flip. It's like, oh, I know he's saying the same thing, but do you see how, how it's put together? You know? He didn't even do that. Like, you know, like, I'll give you a prime example, Mike. Purple Tape 2. It's like, oh, no. Same theme. Just different type, d- different movie theater. Different cinematic views. You know, there's, um, like, the insight is different. There's stuff like Pyrex Vision and Ray's vocal tone is different. Like, he's doing different stuff to give you that feeling. Like like his voice on Pyrex Vision, it's like it's it's early in the morning or it's late. It's like you got to be quiet because like you might wake up the kids while he's cooking. You know what I'm saying? For the it's people, like you got to hit people with something different. For the people in the chat that are saying that we don't go to Jeezy for bars and I want Jeezy to be Jay Z, I don't. I what do y'all listen to Jeezy for? Do you listen to him for perspective? Because if vibe, you listen Mike. to him he's for a vibe, he's a feel. Because if you listen to him for perspective, there's a lot of perspective. That listen, we don't listen to Trick Daddy for um for lyrics like that, but we do listen to Trick Daddy for perspective, and he gives you that. That's you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. And again, when you cite somebody like a Tupac, I mean, according to many of you guys, Tupac's not a lyricist, but he gives you perspective. And Jeezy has given us the notion, and I'm that he can do that, right? But he's not doing that. And I'm not going to sit here and act like he is on this effort because there's I'm not going to act like that either, but that doesn't mean that it's trash. I didn't say it was trash. Okay, so you I don't, don't think, think I even so, rated it yet. <laughs> okay, so do you, so how about this? How, I mean, I'm asking you this and it's kind of rhetorical. Mm-hmm. How many guys are walking around with Jeezy's skill set that don't have his classic songs, albums, collaborations, or relationships, because I would tell you half the game, at least, bare minimum. You get what I mean? Like, how out of place is he? It's not like it's not like he's subpar for today's rapping climate, Mike. I mean, if you're comparing him to, like, Nas or Freddie or I'm not, Thor. I'm not. I'm not. Right. Like That's I said, what I mean. I'm, Mike, I'm, I mean, he's still, Mike, he's, he, doesn't he? Mike, I mean, I'm not going to call any of, like, these newer rappers out that are, like, under 30. But, I mean, lyrically, they're not beyond Jeezy. We can't, we can't, we can't talk that way. 
And if they can, they haven't made the hit songs that he's made, so they're maybe not the songwriter that he is. I think that's so apples like, and oranges, if we're not going to name any names. This is what I'm going to say, though. I can, think, I can person, think of about 10 rappers under 30 right now, Mike, that, they're, that their lyric... So what, you think You think Jeezy can out-rap Benny or something? <laughs> this is what Next. I'm going to say. Next, Mike. There was a time period where everybody had Jeezy over Ross, right? And people were acting like Ross was... I mean, and at one point, Ross was chasing Jeezy, to be honest, because Jeezy was first to market. But that's a... They're not even in the same league anymore. And why is that? I mean, one has obviously worked on their craft. I mean, one was more talented anyway. But one is obviously hold on, hold on. Was was Rick Ross coming in the door more talented than Jeezy? <clears throat> yes, because I always felt like he had more charisma, and okay. I always felt like hustling was better than everything on One Hundred and One. Even though One Hundred and One's a better album, like like he had Jay in Def Jam in a way that Ross didn't. Ross was more of the underdog. Ross had more. Like, Ross put his project together more by himself, I think, than Jeezy put his project together by himself. Does that make sense? Okay. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how their working process was. Because uh, Jeezy had the mixtapes in ways that Ross didn't. That's what I mean. The way they went about it was different. But, Mike, I mean, I can't deny. I'm, I told you, like, Rick Ross's ascension as an MC, songwriter, album maker is, like, it's one of, it's one of hip-hop's best stories, quite frankly. I think that um, Jeezy's success is very admirable, like you said, when you balance out the skill set. I'm going to say this. Do you think that Jeezy's a better rapper than 2 Chainz? Do you want to know what? I used to feel that way, but I can't say that anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, who is he better than in his class? Like, in and no, around I'm that class. And I was honest with you with my rebuttal in saying that if you want to put him at the bottom of his class, because every time you put him up against somebody, it's like, well, no, he's not as versatile as two chains. He's not as charismatic as two chains. He's not as fun as two chains. His guest appearance are his guest appearances aren't as blistering as two chains. His wordplay is not as good as two chains. Nope. His lyricism is not as good as two chains. No, I feel you. The only thing that he has over chains is Trapper Die One and Two. Long time ago, man. You know, and again, what no, separates we were kids, Mike? We were kids. What separates? I mean, definitely the Trapper died. I mean, Trapper died. We were kids, Mike. If we somebody said that Jeezy was, if somebody said Jeezy was coming a, into, if somebody said Jeezy was a flash in the pan, would they be wrong? I think they would be wrong to say that. How about this? Based on what? <clears throat> no, you and I just did the. Um, I'm not in the chat right now. Do you have the Patreon link up? The Just Blaze. Oh, I get it. The Just Blaze and Havoc Patreon battle that we just did, Mike, on mm -hmm. Patreon on our Patreon channel. One of the things that you and I talked about after the fact was the fact that, you know, Just Blaze had a great run. He did. But it was brief, Mike. It was. It's like most of the stuff that you played happened in like a two to three, four year gap. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're right. Whereas, like, you know, that's, and so I'll tell you some of the same thing probably applies to Jeezy, but that doesn't mean he's not great. Now, if you want to tell me. He's not that, great. I think great is. Uh... Well, no, <laughs> that's, not, that, that's, no, Just Blaze is great. You don't think Just Blaze 
Ways is great. I think Just Blaze is greater in his craft than Jeezy is in rap. I'm sorry. I think Just Blaze is a better, a greater producer. I would call him great in the production field before I would call Jeezy great as a rapper. Okay, that's fine. No, if you feel that way, that's okay. But what I would tell you is, is that, well, I don't think Havoc is a top 10 producer all time. I think he probably wouldn't make my top 10 objectively. Probably personally, but not objectively. Right, you get right. what I'm saying? Now, look at those records that I played versus your Just Blaze records. It's like, oh, well, Just didn't even make him the top 20, 25 then. Oh, but man. we still call him great. He's not, Mike, because Havoc would fall probably somewhere between 10 to 20. And it would be probably close. Even though we just talked about Dre. Dre, Dilla, Cream, Pete Rock, Q-Tip. Mike, we already five deep. RZA, Marley, we seven deep. You get what I'm saying? It's like, yay, we eight deep. You feel me? You're right. It's like, even though we just Havoc is probably falling like 12 to 15. The way that battle just went, that put Justin like 27. And but you want to call him great. And it's like, that's fine, but we get to call Jeezy <laughs> great then too. If like if like he get to get called great at like 27 as a producer. We you think he's at 27? Too. We got to actually map that out. Because, all right, is Jeezy in the top 50? If he did, he would probably be like in the 40 to 50. He'd be in the 45 to 50 range if we're being objective, Mike, if he was. Y'all think Jeezy's How about this? Where do you have Fat Joe all time? Because Fat Joe's a better rapper than Jeezy. Damn. You, you hit me with one there. I don't know. Fat Joe just said he was black, so I don't know. I, I got to think about that. You want to know what, Mike? I'm not going to recant anything that I said. You know, um, Puerto Ricans do consider themselves to be part of the Afro island heritage. That, that, like, they make, no, no, no. Listen, I've been talking I've been talking to my Puerto Rican constituency. You know, I got people everywhere. Where do they file the, what do they file on the census, though? Because most of them, I mean, I, I know people who, Go out there and do the census reports. They they classify themselves as white on the census. All, all I'm saying is, is that just like Jamaica and Barbados and um and the Bahamas, they are an indigenous Afro island people, essentially, whether we like it or not. I think it's just the fact that there is a Latin influence as well, but a lot of them do identify with the African-American side as island people, the same way people from the Barbados, Jamaica, Trinidad, like it's it's the same thing to a lot of them. I'm just I'm just giving you something to think about, that there's no, no, some no, no. of them that viably, like, really, really feel that way, so understand why he's using the word. I then had a couple of the homies, like, you know, just kind of get in my ear a little bit, like, hey, Coop, like, you know, Puerto Rico, well, this is what I'll say, this is what I'll say. And Mike, I'm at, I mean, Mike, and from some, I've been to Puerto Rico, too, and as somebody that's been there, it's like I was very much treated like a commoner when I was there. And, like, yeah, me, me and my ex-wife, like, we was in the streets. Like, I told you, Mike, when I travel, I travel. Like, we was in the streets, and, like, it was all love. I was there for the 4th of July pouring up. They was, like, pouring me and her shots in the streets and stuff. Like, we was part of the tribe. So it's like... Same. But this is what I'll say. And I got a lot of friends and shit my one of my exes is uh is a real afro dominican she's darker than i am but this is right, the right, thing right. there right. are there right. are black and white people in all walks in all, all countries right Correct. and um there are darker puerto ricans what's uh 
What's the young lady's name that was on uh, Love and Hip Hop Miami? The one with the afro or whatever. It was dark skin. She's real. She is a real Afro Latina, right? Right. She no, Jennifer Lopez is not. You look at you know what I'm saying, and when Jennifer Lopez gets casted in films, I'm just no, I'm using her as an example because okay. she is Puerto Rican. But when she is actually in her films, they don't side her with a black love interest. They don't, do they? There fair. are people who are fair skinned in fair. their no, country. And there are people who are darker skinned in their country. Uh, a good friend of mine, she's Brazilian, Julia. Shout out to her. She's light. Uh, she's a lighter complected Brazilian, but she has family members that are darker. They get treated a lot different in Brazil no. as darker Brazilians than she does. So Hold on. I, I'm saying all that to say Fat Joe is not one of those darker Puerto Ricans. It's just the truth. So in his country, no, he would be I'll, treated I'll as what. more of a fair skinned Puerto Rican. So when you come over here to America, it doesn't change that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. And it's fine. No, I, no I, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, Mike, I, I was, you know, dating a woman who was half Filipino until recently. And, um, you know, I think, I, and I know some Filipinos who are lighter and they tend to date Caucasian men because I think Caucasian men find them to be more attractive Asian Filipino women than the... Uh, the darker ones that found themselves with black men, quite frankly. So it's even like within the Filipino, you know, like Asian tradition, it's like, I kind of see my light skinned Filipino friends. They typically end up with white guys and the ones that are kind of like caramel and bronze and beyond, they end up with niggas like me. <laughs> uh, Deontay Smith at the super chat says you can't have trap music, Mount Rushmore without Jeezy. He is on there with T.I. Gucci, etc. Hmm. See, so. that's what I'm saying, Mike. Some I think some of your take is, is some of the take that you've always had, and some of other people's takes is just the take that they've always had. And I think some of this just comes down to it's like, well, did you like this artist really that much to begin with? Well, in your case, the answer is probably going to be no. Therefore, harder for you to enjoy them when they're not in their prime and making classic songs. Well, I'm gonna be real. I didn't really like the game that much to begin with. I didn't see the big hype. I didn't think that he could actually oh, rap like, that hey. well. I didn't. I thought he had a lot of help on the documentary. And over time, the game, uh, I mean, he, he bought me. I mean, he sold me on him. You know what I'm saying? Because he continuously improved. Same thing with Ross. I wasn't a real big Ross fan on Port of Miami. I thought he was cool. He had a hot song. Ross got better. Jeezy didn't do those things. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, uh, Coop, if Just Blaze 27, Jeezy's 200. Uh, LP says, uh, y'all catch that uh, have interview with China Mac. Uh, he said, tip helped him make the infamous and guided him through the process. Mm -hmm. Tip is the true goat. Of course he is. Um, mm -hmm. And didn't take any credit for any of that stuff along the way. You know what I mean? That's what a humble individual. But yeah, um, I guess we went on that. Well, he's that humble because it. he talks about it, but he doesn't talk about it in a way that makes it feel like that he's being an arrogant SOB. Right, right, right. He'll just tell you the story and how. Right, he'll be happened. like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I ran into Mob Deep because you know they had worked with, like, Havoc was coming around the studio when I was working for One Level on Illmatic, and you know what I'm saying? It'd be stuff like that. And another humble person that probably helped him out along the way, I think, might have been Prince Paul. Like, I mean, I have to believe that 
And, but I mean, I've the, never heard those from stories the, from the Daylon stuff. Yeah, like I mean, when you we listen, definitely to, haven't been watching. But I think they all yeah. helped each other too, because yeah. it's like, well, if you hear Large Pro doing this over here, and then you hear, you know, Primo over here, and Pete Rock over here, and Prince Paul over here, and Marley's still active. Well, Prince Paul was, yeah, Marley was still active, but Prince Paul was a little older than them because he was rocking with Stethosonic, but he was the youngest in Stethosonic. So he was able to take his wacky ideas that they didn't want to take onto a new group with De La Soul, where he was now the OG in that pack. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, no, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I, I would have to say I would put Fat... Man, that's a tough one, man. Fat Joe or Jeezy? Because the thing is, Jeezy has impact that I can't say Fat Joe has. Correct. That is correct. But Fat Joe has longevity that I can't say Jeezy has. That too is correct. But I will give Jeezy this. He can hold down a song and, you know, make a hit record on his own where I'm not sure if I could say the same thing about Fat Joe. Is that fair? I think that is a fair assessment. I think that's an honest assessment from somebody that's not his biggest fan either. So So I would have to be real and I might have to put Jeezy ahead of Fat Joe. Yeah. And, and I, I see what people are saying in the chat. I mean, 50, Fat Joe. But I would tell you, Fat Joe's a better rapper. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Bar for bar, Fat Joe's a better rapper because some people in there are saying, you know, Fat Joe by mouth. I get that. But if we talk right. about the overall thing as an artist, I might but have to put Jeezy ahead of him. But that's why the overall matters still. Like, it's not always just enough to be the better lyricist or have the better bar worker MC. It doesn't constitute everything. They're saying that Fat Joe has a bigger impact? Does he? I think they're looking at everything that he's contributed. As an art, as the impact. artist Fat Joe. We look at the discographies, Jeezy and Joe. He has more impact? Y'all just said that Jeezy would be on the Mount Rushmore of trap music. What Mount Rushmore is Fat Joe on? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. Dame with the Super Chat says, it's Cool G Rap. On the Run, a top 10 storytelling song. Hmm. Hmm. I've never heard somebody ask that. Possibly. Possibly. We got to think about that. There's a lot of stories out there. Do you think that's Cool G Rap's best story? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. It's like, well, is that his best story to you? Eric Terrell Super Chat says... We got to do a Cool G Rap dig soon. That might send me down a hole. I was looking for a reason to get down a hip-hop hole about something. I might get down a Cool G Rap hole this weekend. Eric Terrell says, y'all put Q-Tip's production up high as far as hip-hop, but organized noise don't use samples. Why y'all downgrade their catalog in hip-hop? I don't. Listen, this is the thing, man. <laughs> organized. I love organized, but they're a team of three. You know what I'm saying? And if you want to boil it down to Ray Murray, from what I understand, who made a lot of that stuff, you know, just by himself, then I'm with that. I love organized, man, but they use samples too. They just got a lot of the stuff replayed, you know. I mean, it's I mean, it's dope. It's incredible stuff, but I don't know. It's tough when we're talking about putting teams up against individual people. And I think that if we really want to be honest, if we get past still standing, the full projects that they did, it kind of gets slimmer and slimmer. I think the last great full project they did in my opinion was Cool Breeze, uh, East Point's Greatest Hit. Did they do East Point's Greatest Hits? I mean... Uh, Mr. DJ did a few on there, but they did a bulk of it. 
Okay, so so here's the thing with organized noise, just respectfully. It's like, well, they really just did in full Southern Playalistic, Soul mm-hmm. Food, Still Standing, yep. and East Point's Greatest Hits, right? Yep. Right? And I don't think they did East Point's Greatest Hits in full either. I think what, because even with the documentary, did you see the um, Organized Noise documentary? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it too. It feels like though, and it it answered a lot of questions for me. And I'm gonna tread lightly because these guys are my heroes. These guys raised me, right? But mm-hmm. I'm saying all of this respectfully, and they said this in the documentary. It feels like once they got that Interscope situation, and they got a whole bunch of money, they stopped know, working as hard. Yeah, they stopped working as hard. You know, uh, Rico stopped working as hard, and Sleepy stopped working as hard, and Ray was stuck basically doing the bulk of the work and felt like, you know, he was too much was just being put on him and he wasn't getting the contributions from everybody else. And so with that being said, I think that's kind of what happened to Goody Mob in their direction from a production standpoint. Goody Mob was very dependent on organized noise as a production team, whereas Outkast had already kind of branched off on ATLians by starting to produce their own stuff. And they were able to continue on. So, yeah, I mean, we have to factor in those things, too. But I also love the production that was on um, that was on Even in Darkness, the uh, Dungeon Family compilation. But what happened with them is the fact that other guys in their camp started producing, too. I mean, you had guys like Dre, Big Boy, uh, Mr. DJ. You had uh, CeeLo starting to produce. So it was like, you know... Whereas with Tribe, you got just Q-Tip, and with uh, Mob, you got just Havoc, and then Dilla comes along, but with Organized, everybody's producing now. Well, you know, here's also the thing about it, too, and I mean this respectfully, too, like, has, you know, somebody who has dual citizenship, I consider myself to be an Atlanta native as well. Southern Playalistic and Soul Food are their greatest triumphs as a production Straight team, right? Straight up. Straight up. Not even a question. Now, Southern Mike, Playlistics one of the best produced hip-hop albums I've ever heard from that time. And, 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 and I agree, but Mike, let's rate this on a proper scale. Where do Southern Playlistic and Soul Food find themselves all time as rap albums? I think Southern Playlistic from a production standpoint, if we're keeping it just production, right? Because those are the things they control. I think the Southern Playlistic is very high. Um, Very high. I love what they did on Soul Food as well because what they did, they dialed it back from Southern Playlistic and they they let the actual lyricist be in the forefront as opposed to the production. Because I really do believe that Cass needed that production to be that strong on Southern Playalistic, whereas uh, Goody Mob needed the production to be at a minimal for Soul Food. Yeah. So like it's, it's great production we need tracks work. Like yeah. It's yeah. like it's great production work for different reasons. But if we were to put this up against all the great produced albums like A Doggy Style and all that, give me Southern Playalistic to throw in that. You know what I'm saying? And then, so, okay, even with so that being said, said top to twenty-five. Fans. I mean, so, so as much as I love, I, I love that Mike. I'm going to have to call you. I think that's a little bit biased, and it I think be. you tried to put it. And I think you tried to put it on the production side. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that well, 
Q-Tip made the low-end theory in Midnight Marauders and helped make the infamous, and all of those albums are better than Southern Playalistic and Soul Food, objectively. Hey, I'm not going to fight you on End that. End of discussion. You feel what <laughs> I'm saying? So as much, like, Southern Playalistic is the album that made me believe that I could rap. It made me believe that anything was possible. I love that album. I think Soul Food's one of the most important albums of all time. It's not better than the Low End Theory or Midnight Marauders or the Infamous. Oh, here's a Neither super, one of those records. Here's a super chat I want to address. Melvin Wright says, everybody is an lyricist. I find it hard to believe you, Mike. Praise Project Pat, but discredit Jeezy. Project Pat is way better than Jeezy. It's not even a competition. What are y'all listening to? What? I, maybe I'm crazy. I, I'm crazy. Maybe I, I just don't get it, man. Project Pat is leaps and bounds better than Jeezy. He's not leaps and bounds he better, is, Mike, man. but I do think he's better. He is, man. You hear this man's style in everything from the originality. Pat had does uh, Jeezy have a I choose you? Oh God, no. Does he? He, do- he doesn't have a Mister Don't Play in my opinion. Well, of course Mr. he does. <laughs> he doesn't. Mister oh, Don't Play is epic. It is. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max of the Super Chat says, Fat Joe has Lean Back alone better than Jeezy. Well, again, he had help on Lean Back. Y'all telling me that Lean Back would be the same without Remy Ma? No. Let's be real. Where okay. Where's Fat Joe's hit record without <laughs> a feature, man? Like, let's be real. I got to give Jeezy that. Mm-hmm. I got to give Jeezy that. Because Jeezy got songs like Get Your Mind Right. No, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, Outcast and Soul Food, I had no samples. Please name one, Mike and Coop. I mean, you could go to whosample.com and they'll show you all the samples from those albums. I want to go through a whole diatribe about that. But there were samples on there. What, on Southern Playlistic and Soul mm-hmm. Food? The album yeah. with minimal samples, though, I would say. is a No, no, no. Album. It might have been minimal, but it's going down. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's minimal. I mean, they did some incredible it's okay. Work. It's okay. I love those. I love those albums. Like, how about this? I play Southern Playalistic and Soul Food more than I play the Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders. But Mike, I'm from Charlotte and from Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I used to play. I used to. Play You're just such a tribe fan. Yeah, I think as time has gone on, man, I listen to the Low End Theory more. I've never. I mean, like. There are very few albums that I've listened to more than I've listened to Southern Playalistic and Soul Food in all honesty. Like the only the only the three that immediately came to my mind were Illmatic, The Purple Tape, and The Infamous. Like I know I've listened to those albums more than I've listened to Southern Playalistic and Soul Food, but those are the only three off the top of my head. Now I listen to Kumanai more. Those are special albums to me. Like like as somebody that wanted to be an artist that was from the South, like Southern Playalistic, Soul Food, AT Aliens. Like, those were the ones that made you believe if you came from our era because you were hearing the shit they were putting down. You're like, man, this stuff is fucking great. Funky Ride is, to me, that's the X Factor record on Southern Playalistic that puts it on a different level. Like, that's, from a production standpoint, no, from an album-putting-together standpoint. I thought it was the crumbling herb, the hootie who transition. I love that, too. You know, where they broke it down when they broke the drums down and just mm-hmm. faded it out and then they kicked it up and then they just took the drums out and hit the guitar lick and bought Hootie Who in mm-hmm. and then Big Boy's verse. I was like, is that high level ass production on a Southern rap album? This is this is early 94. You know what I'm saying? So it's like 
to hear that production wise on a Southern rap album, like the thought of it, Mike, the live instrumentation of yeah. it, it was different. It's like, what the fuck is and that? And just for the fans out there, Crumbling Herb sample Isaac Hayes. Joe Bell is the name of the song. So, I mean, you know, it, there were samples up there, and we're not saying that to denigrate or anything like that. We're just being accurate. LP with the Super Chat says, Cash chose not to use them on uh, Love Below slash Speaker Box. They didn't use them. They only used them for like four tracks on AT Aliens. They didn't use them on Equipment Eye at all. Yeah. Am I right, Mike? Well, no, they only did like about four organized? tracks on AT Aliens, right? Are you talking about organized? Uh, organized yeah. on ATLians did two dope boys, which is a sample from the uh, uh, five stair steps. Um, they did two dope boys. What else did they do on ATLians? Uh, they did Decatur song. Okay. Um, let me go to Akumina because I know those off top. They did Return of the Gangster. They did Mama Sita. They did Skew It on the Barbie. Two like, dope boys was the best beat of all of those. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't do slump. They didn't do slump. Let me look at this ATLians track list real quick. Two dope boys is that lit. That's what I was about to pull up. I was about to pull up ATLians. Two dope boys is that heat though. Because I know I'm missing something. Um, let's I see. I feel like they did four tracks on ATLians and three on Equimini. They did. Yeah, they did three on Equimini. They did uh, two dope boys. They did Jazzy Bell. They did Jazzy Bell. Mm. I never loved Jazzy Bell like everybody else. I did. love Jazzy Bell. I don't. Decatur song. I feel like they did 13th Floor. Now I could be wrong. We'll go to the credits in a few, but um What are you rating this album? Is it uh time to rate? I think I probably have to give it a four. But I know you don't think it's highly of it. But I don't I don't know. I want to hear it again too. I only got to hear everything once today. I'm probably not gonna listen to it again. But Oh, I I I don't I mean Mike, to be honest with you, like ninety percent of the stuff that we listen to, I pretty much put away until like it's time to get into like review mode and that's why i make sure i yeah. take so many notes on stuff so i can remember what the hell that i said about what so that like when i hear the records again like it tracks back like i don't i only listen to certain shit you know it's only built for cuban links over here mike so why would you, know? you give it a four i'm gonna ask you that i think it's the best project that he's done since 103 so it's been about 11 years the production is pretty good, Mike. Like, it's not what I would call, like, I don't think it's going to end up being one of the best production jobs of the year, per se. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is an excellent production job. I think that what he provides to his listeners and to his fan base, he just provided them the best version of it in a long time. You have some solid points. I might end up going a little bit lower than a four, but I'm not going to give it. I, I, how about this? When we're rating this and we're putting this in our yearbook. Speaking of which, ain't nobody been picking up our yearbook lately. Yeah, yeah. Go go get the yearbook. It's on Amazon. It should be uh, in here as well. Get the digital version. We'll have it in the chat also. Right. But I can see it going lower than the 3.5. I'm going to give it a tentative four right now. Just tentative because I've only gotten to listen to it really solid the, only way, the whole way through. 
I'm just like you though, Mike. When I heard colors, I was like, I was like, oh, that's that heat. He ain't been a record like that in a long ass time. Yeah, colors is hard. Um, colors is hard. Like, like when I mean he hasn't made a record like that in the longest time. I mean it's just him on there. You feel me? And you know, I know people think I'm being whatever, whatever. I feel like Jeezy has the skill set to definitely galvanize people with his voice and how he delivers his rhymes and his perspective. I just don't think that he's putting in the effort to actually do that at this level and take what he has created to the next level. And oh, no, I don't no, understand. Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say, and I don't, uh, I'm one of those people where it's like, especially because we were just talking about Nas and the fact that he really ain't got to do what he's doing right now. Jeezy really doesn't have to do what he's doing right now. Jeezy's one of those artists who have made such a successful life for himself. He doesn't even have to really make music. And my thing is, if you don't have anything to say, why are you even making music? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that I feel like he could do to push forward his musical legacy. And a lot of the things that he says in interviews, again, like some of the game that he's given in interviews and how he how he um, visualizes the world and just building and uh, generational wealth and all that stuff, I would love to hear in the music. And I feel like we're just not getting that. I feel like when I listen to him, I'm great in a, a, a student's paper that I know has the potential to actually do it better. Uh, I just wanted to get some uh, organized noise production credits, from Mike, right, Mike? They did two dope boys. Uh huh. They also did Babylon. Mike. Babylon, okay. Yeah, they did. Do that. I think Babylon might be the best song on AT Aliens, actually. From my understanding, I think that Ray Murray was the one that you know did the like did the beat work on AT Aliens, whereas I can know, see that. Yeah, I can see that. But, they you know, since they're too. a collective, everybody gets credit. Just like how Rico Wade is the one that made the uh, cell therapy beat. But, you know, it's under right. organized noise. So, yeah. Uh, they got production credit for Whaling. Yeah, that one's Mainstream. Oh, how did I miss Mainstream? Yeah. Yeah, they did the Cater song. They did Millennium, too, Mike. Okay. Me and everything around me is unstable like Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. And they did 13th Floor. Okay, so they did heavy work on AT Aliens. Uh, Outcast did, or Earth Tone 3, did Over the Woods, uh, AT Aliens, Elevators. Wheels um, of Steel. Wheels of Steel. Great records. The fact that they did Elevators is pretty crazy, though. Yeah, I think that was one of their first tracks ever doing. Right. Yep. Uh, C-Note with the Super Chat says, uh, he's scratching on records uh, because... Uh, because, uh, I'm sorry, it's scratching on records becoming a lost art. I think it's coming back, just like vinyls came back, but I think that we need more of it. I've always loved scratching on records. What do you rate the Jesus, Mike? For an artist of his caliber, um, with the access that he has, and with the abilities that I know he has, I'm I'm giving it a a, a three point seven. Okay. I'm mark your three seven down because I'm giving it a tentative four. But like I said, I was in my car mm-hmm. riding this Jeezy. I'm more of a fan than you are, and about the objectivity of it all, you know, because we're a credible institution here. 
And these are all my opinions, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to add some sort of uh, context to my opinion. We'll go 3-7 for now. If I feel like that I hear more than a 3-7, we'll swerve yeah, up we'll, on we'll Wednesday and I'll be like, you know. I'm going to listen to it more. With your, we'll roll with your 3-7 for now. I I'm feel like it's a it 4, more. but I feel like it could slide depending on, like, how it sits on me over the weekend, so. Uh, Jadarion's in the building. What up? What up? He said, I've listened to the new Liz and I enjoy it, but it's not getting more spins than no rest for the wicked. I think that's a good transition. I think that's a good transition. Eric Terrell with the super chat says, Coop, I think the group loses ends. Uh, I'm sorry. The group loose ends is underrated. Other than Sade, they're the best group of the eighties. Your thoughts, Neo soul before Neo soul. Loose ends was dope. Hmm, best band of the 80s, huh? Most underrated, I think he said. Oh, underrated. Oh, yeah, if you want to say underrated, then yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I mean, I was about to, I was about to tell some light-skinned jokes. Be like, so it's like Shalimar and DeBar's underrated? Like, I don't know. Like, then some Puerto Rican-ass-looking light-skinned. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and no, 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 no. I'm cool with Loose Ends being the most underrated band of the eighties. <laughs> Do you think Fat Joe's black? Me? <laughs> yeah, I mean because I everybody this, this was posted, black, and I was, I was raised to think. <laughs> this was posted on social media, and everybody in the comments were like, "Yeah, Fat Joe's black," because he said, "Everybody." You know, I told you, Mike. I was raised to think that everybody from the Bronx is black. Like yeah. all these niggas. Right <laughs> hey, you know what the biggest example is? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer right. Lopez is Jenny from the block, from the Bronx, grew up in the Bronx in the 70s, Puerto Rican. She gets on the big spring, screen. They got her with Matthew McConaughey. Just saying. Yeah. But in real life, she's fucking puff daddy. So, all right. Man, that was temporary. <laughs> <laughs> Who's she married to now? Boom. I mean, I ain't gonna knock her hustle. You know, she got her reasons. Hey, <laughs> they were never I'm too even old to be knocking people's hustles. No, never knock the hustle. I'm just talking reality. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Is is that? Well, I'm not. Even, you want to know what? No, we about to go down a rabbit uh, hole. So I'm gonna get in trouble. No, no, not doing. <laughs> Leroy said Fat Joe ain't J Lo, Mike, but I hear you. Why not? They're both like skinned Puerto Ricans, right? Actually, I would you say Fat Joe's like, lighter than like, her. I'm gonna, <laughs> I would say Fat Joe's. I, I hate this. I'm gonna do some <laughs> unpacking about it and do some real searching. I'm gonna do a dig into some like Port, Puerto Rican ancestry and kind of like see where it stems from because. There, there, there is a part of their population that identifies Afro-Latino. No, no, there are, though. There are black Puerto Ricans. That's what I'm saying. He's just not one of them. There are Puerto Ricans that look like us. Them, but how do you know, Mike? How do you know that? Because look, the look, like, <laughs> look at them. Look at them. Look at them. No, Mike. Mike, that's not fair. Is it not? I uh, know, no, no, no. Mike, I, right now, I know a woman from Puerto Rico. And she... She is so light skinned, and you damn near might think if you looked at her in the wrong light that she might be white. Oh no, she's a nigga, Mike. She one of us. Trust me. Based on Talk what? Her, I know. Oh, Mike, I've dealt, I've dealt, I've dealt with her. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Sat down. Oh, 
like down to the way she like like kicks her legs up when she's off work and like opens up her beer, like like the whole shit. Like no no no, she black. Like that's what I'm saying. It's For like we can't be going off. Oh, can, so no, this is not rats. school days. I know you're not playing a fucking light skin dark skin game. This it's not, not a light skin days, dark man. skin game. Listen, are you let, trying no, to no, school no. days the poor no. people? Let Fat Joe's hair grow out, and you tell me if he can get a fro. Eric Terrell with the super chat says Lisa Lisa was black, and there it is. <laughs> With Lisa Lisa being black too. With that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, all these are jokes, guys. All I'm gonna get some jokes. evidence, Mike. No, no, no. We're gonna get some evidence. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. Because when you're from the Bronx, it's like everybody's half Panamanian and Trinidadian and Jamaican and Bohemian and Puerto Rican. And, and, and what, what the fuck? He's not oh, one man, of them, though. What the fuck, son? What the he, fuck? He's a- Everybody from the islands. Mike, Denim's family is from fucking St. Croix. Like, our senior writer, like, Denim's family from St. Croix, but they're from the Bronx, but they're from St. Croix. Does she look like oh, I've been calling them whole fa- I've been calling them niggas niggas for a long time, Mike. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I Listen, again, he can be a Puerto Rican, but I, that doesn't make him black. So you're saying all Puerto phone. Ricans are black. I was black. on the phone with Denim's older brother in Seattle the other day. I was definitely calling that nigga nigga. <laughs> so, all, so what you're telling me is all Puerto Ricans are black. I ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm going to look for some evidence. Because every, every nigga I have a bet from the Bronx, I be saying nigga too. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said I'm calling Fat Joe the logic of Puerto Rico. Listen. Fat, I mean, at least Logic's father is black, allegedly. Just, just oh my God. See, here we go. Let, listen, we go. has Fat Joe ever grew his hair out? He's been bald the whole time, so I guess that's hard evidence to know. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the armor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm saying this based on my, my um, you know, my friend from Brazil, she was light. She was a lighter complected Brazilian. She has darker family members. They consider them to be black Brazilians, where she's not considered to be that. And so I think that again, it's the same thing when it comes to that part of it. Now, when she came to America, then you know she identified with black people because obviously she wasn't white American. But with that being said, that's still she still wasn't I mean, like I'm black, like you know, Fat Joe saying I thought I was black. That's why I'm gonna say the N word. I guess that's not the reality. Well, I mean, like you know, I like my Brazilian women the way I like my Colombian women, the way I like my Filipino women, uh, the way I like my black women, and that's just like fine as hell. So it's like I don't really care about none of that light skin, dark skin. No, no, I feel you, man. I feel you. All right, <laughs> let me shut up before I Peter do Paul even said, more. Try about more better, more better coop with. I'm sorry, more better coup with the super chat says the Liz two was a four point nine out of five for me until the last song with um with Beat King. I actually liked the last song. That song made me I drop like it down. The last song, that shit slapping. Yeah. Oh Mike, we know where that's gonna be playing tonight in Atlanta, She's and it hard. ain't gonna be on according to hip hop. I can if you want to come outside with me, I can show you where they'll be playing that record. We'll go, we, I can take you with me if you'll pull up tonight. We will hear that record tonight. So right? that song made me drop it down mm-hmm. to at least a 4.75. Dag Mo. All right. Jadarion with the super chat says, uh, you are what your parents are. Black parents equals black kids. 
<laughs> don't need to go deep into ancestry. That's true. I mean, he don't have black parents. Yeah, it is what I mean, it is. Some of you, I mean, but some of you don't know where your parents came from. Like, like some some of us are like like people have told me is like some of us are indigenously here already though. So you're really more like native than you even are like black. So it's like when you say that, that's what I mean. No, no, no. You need some evidence. Fat Joe got black parents. We started this shit, huh? Fat Joe got black parents. I'm not touching it. I don't okay. know what his parents look like. All right, like. let me go to the um, Amani season. All right, so today Armani Caesar dropped the highly anticipated over here, uh, the Liz 2. It's her follow-up to the first Liz that came out 2020. <sighs> what were some of your thoughts about the Liz 2 after listening to it? I really enjoyed this album, Mike. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have to... Um, I was excited about finding out where to really place this album in our albums of the year talk, because I don't, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, it's one of those years where it's like, well, you know, you can be, remember the year like Paul George ended up like third in MVP voting. Mm -hmm. This is one of those type of rap years. Like, Paul George is never going to get that close to the MVP again. He's going to make it into the Hall of Fame. He's been an all-star caliber player. He's a great player, but but he's never been a top three player, but he finished top three in the MVP that season. And I think, you know, traditionally for how we judge hip-hop and how we judge MCs is it's like, oh, I don't know if she's ever going to be considered to be like your favorite uh, MC or even your favorite female MC in terms of her bar work. But this is one of those albums, just like Paul George had one of those seasons. It's just like, oh, no, no, no. You can get you some MVP consideration right here with how you playing right now. And I think that's what's going on. And I think even like making the Paul George comparison might be selling her short because that was Paul George like at the peak of his powers. And we do not know if this is the peak of her powers because this is only album number two. Uh, succinctly better than album number one to me because she's better. Yes. Oh, somebody in the chat force. said Mellows from PR. That's the example of a black Puerto Rican. Keep it going. I'm sorry. Not touching that either. I I found <laughs> I'm not, not touching that. I found her to be the star of this show. Whereas mm -hmm. on the first list, I do felt like she was the co-pilot on a lot of the favorite records. Like outside of Ginger Rothstein, I felt like most of the best records either feel like they were carried by the production or were carried by the help of the guest appearances. Like her and Benny going back and forth on Drillarama, like that helped make that song. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That song's not going to go the same without like Benny there. The beautiful thing about this album, Mike, is that outside of El Puro with Conway, which they totally blistered, Mike. That's a song of the year contender, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, they totally blistered that record. And I want you to think about this, Mike. Before this album dropped, we had heard the Conway, I mean, not the Conway, the West Side feature song, the Benny and Stowe feature song, and even the Kodak Black to, you know, educate and enlighten and get the streams up like we tried to do on Wednesday. But that's neither here nor there. But the Conway feature, the the feature that they didn't give you, Mike, is the best feature. That shit is stellar. And outside of that record, I really find to be the highlights of this album when she by her damn self. 
And yeah. that's saying a lot for how dope Paula Dean, Diana, and Hundred Dollar Hiccup are. Because I think the best records on here are Queen City. Shout out to Charlotte, because I'm pretty certain she called that Queen City because she's resided and went to school, Mike, in my hometown of Charlotte. We call Charlotte QC the Queen City. I think that might be the best record on the album. If it's not, it's Liz Claiborne Jr. 1 and 2, Mike. I'm with or you. Or it's Meth and Mary or Ice Age yeah. or Big Mood, Mike. Big Mood is big, big shit, Mike. She's ni- she's nice on here. Yeah, she is. And in, in the last joint, I don't care what you said, I'm gonna say this again, Mike. Psych. Oh, oh. How about this, Mike? I know some of my homegirls that I was just out with for my birthday. If they're getting ready to go out tonight, that record getting played while they in motion and in the motion when they make it to the motion, or oh, they're gonna be playing when they make it to the motion. Matter of fact, I need to make some phone calls, Mike. I'm single now. <laughs> you know, for the fans That's of the, the show, record might get me back outside. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> back outside. For the ladies fans say, of the show, ladies, ladies are going to love that record for a variety of reasons. That record has that um, hold on one second, little Kim empowering effect. Like uh-huh. it ain't just going to work on the pole; it's going to work for all of them. It's going to work on the pole, especially in Atlanta. Yeah, it is. I yeah, agree. It is. And you know what? For the fans of the show. I think it is um, noteworthy. Sorry about that. I had a call during the show. I think it's noteworthy to know that this final song is a bonus. So for the people who want to think like Coop, this ain't even on the album for real. I like the fact that they actually made it a bonus because it doesn't fit with everything else going on, but it's a dope record. It's hard. Um, Let me go to some of the Super Chats real quick. Peter Park says, Love Damani's album uh, from the transition and production to the features and the lyrics. She is a real star. She really is. Yeah. Um, speaking of transitions, man, I love them using the Ronnie uh, part in Players Club. And, and it made me think for that sketch that was right before, was it Mel Gibson? Mm-hmm. It's like, it made me think, like, how has nobody used this before a song? Well, she was like, play the motherfucking music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how no, has no. nobody ever well, used that before? It. You want to know what's beautiful part of about, like, what Armani's done, too? Is she's embraced her past and empowered and made it empowering. That's what I mean. This album is hardcore-like in the sense of, like, she's taking the things that men are empowered by and in being empowered by it as a woman, it's like, no, nigga, I got a few million dollars in the bank. Like, I need a nigga with a hundred million dollars. You're a lame. You feel me? That's how dudes with money, oh, fuck this bro. She just want me for my money. She's like, no, 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 nigga, you weak. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's flipping the game. But, Mike, she's flipping the game properly. She's actually, like, listen to this. She's actually talented enough as an overall artist. Gifted enough as an MC with her delivery, her voice. Like, if you want to say the weakest part about her game is her lyrics, that is fine, Mike. But her delivery is awesome. Her voice is awesome. I know plenty of I male rappers. I don't think rappers. her lyrics no, are Mike, weak, I have, I, Let me finish my thoughts. I don't think I have, lyrics I, are weak. Mike, let me finish my thoughts, Good. please. I know plenty of male rappers who have decades-long careers off their voice and off their delivery. Now, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. 
But and yeah. so I don't want to hear none of this. Well, her lyrics ain't like that. It's like, oh, so we're 85 percent of these niggas that we sit up here handing out hall passes to. And she's definitely more charismatic than them. She's definitely making better albums than most of them. And I mean, like, she's definitely more pleasing for us to look at than looking at these niggas be ratchet all the time. So give me her. She happens to be making great music. Mike, she stepped up and started making dope ass fire songs on this album by herself. Like she's singing these hooks, Mike. Yeah. I don't see a problem with her lyrics. Well, I mean, where where do you I just say don't think it's I just don't. How about this? When I'm saying like lyrics, I don't think she's what you would say the quote unquote traditional lyricist that a Che or a Sims or a Love is, and because she's not that, you know what I'm saying? How about this? I don't even think that she's Kim as an MC. You feel me? I don't know. I don't think she's had the opportunity to actually go out there and flex on records in ways that other people have. I mean, she got... No, on I a, think she has. She no, brought, no, this is it. She Mike, brought this up, is the evidence. I mean, but she got on a primo track and caught wreck on the last album. I'm talking about, like, features. Like, I think if she this... She caught wreck on the major look beat. I understand. But what I'm saying is if she went out there on a feature run with artists that were outside of this camp, I don't think we would be saying those things. Because, again... We've made it very clear that she's a scene stealer whenever she does get on the record. She no, lets no, her presence be known. So I think that Kim got the opportunity to do those things in ways that she hasn't yet. No, I, no, hold on. Let's back up for a second. First of all, getting ahead. compared to Kim for any female MC is the highest of praise. No, right? no, no. I feel what you're saying. Well, so let's get that out the way. Also, let's get this out the way. Oh, she's a star. And she's a scene stealer, Mike. And there ain't no question about that with Armani. And when I'm talking about her lyrics, I'm literally trying to tell you, it's like, well, her lyrics aren't a problem for me. But what I'm trying to tell you is that her delivery and her voice are a 10. Oh, yeah. And so lyrically, since she's not a 10, it's easier to highlight that is what I'm trying to tell you. I got you. Darren Harris from Super Chat says, Liz, two is super. Top five this year. Uh, She has the dopest song titles. Reminds me this generation's Foxy Brown. 4.7 out of five. 4.75, excuse me. Well, here, well, here's what I'm going to... Go ahead, cool. Is it on me? Yeah, he yeah, froze yeah. Up. That's what I'm saying. I can see. Okay. I was well, just going through the Super Chats. No, no, no. But when I'm saying she's not Kim Lyrically, Mike, it's like, oh, no. She don't have no no time yet. Um, she doesn't have a Quiet Storm remix caliber verse yet. She definitely doesn't have like that all about the Benjamins type level verse yet. So like, so like giving her high praise, but what I'm saying, she's not the MC that Kim is. It's like, no, she ain't put together a record like No Time yet by herself. These records are great. They're not a No Time. She doesn't have an all about the Benjamins level verse. You know what I'm saying? She's not, she's a scene stealer, Mike. She's not like get money stealing the scene from fucking Biggie Smalls. You feel me? It's like stealing the scene from Conway or Benny or Westside. You understand that's different than stealing the scenes from Big, right? I understand what Kim you're saying, Kim, 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 Kim sitting next to Big stealing scenes. That's not the same thing. And so, so when I'm saying she's not Kim lyrically, oh, no, no, no. I've got evidence. I'm not tripping. This is what I'm saying. I, I just think, and I agree with you, but she hasn't had those opportunities to do that either. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, let's give her that, too. Yeah. Well, let's give her that, too. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my biggest critique. My critique actually here isn't the lyrics. It says that we heard more variety on her delivery, on her feature game through Griselda than we're hearing on this album. She's in the same pocket with the same three flows, I think. 
Okay. And I know she can do more because we've seen her do more. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the forest lawn flow at? You feel me? The, the, the West Side Gun from Hitler, where's her Yeah. Like, like, that flow didn't make this album. You know what I'm saying? And so they got her in a nice, comfortable pocket production-wise. But I think challenging her would have bought some more of the flow out. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to riff with you in the fact that she trades bars with Conway, um, you know, Benny, Love, Shay. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're talking about Biggie. one man. You're talking about one man. Yeah, Mike, I'll take him over all of them. Uh, obviously, like, but I'm just saying, right. these are different people. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, like, no, no, I'm not knocking the versatility. Mike, she traditionally and consistently shine next to or outshine Biggie on records. That's not normal. We That's got, not, no, we, no, no. We're not, we're not handing out hall passes. No, here. no, you're right. We're not handing out hall passes. Who's because, the standout on no, Players no, Anthem? Let me, let me finish. Who's the real, cool, on Players Anthem? Cool, let me Get finish. money. Cool, let me All finish. Who wrote those like, verses, though? Who wrote those verses? Biggie's big on these records, he, Mike. Who wrote those verses, though? He did, right? That matters. Since we're not giving oh, out hall passes, versus, he wrote those. He wrote those joints. So let's just be real. Now I will give Kim that you quiet. Think he wrote story. all of those verses. What's that? You think he wrote like both of the Get Money verses? Yeah. Players anthem. Yeah. I need you tonight. Yeah. No time. I do believe it. Miss Ivana, usually rock the Prada. Sometimes Gabbana, sticky for your cream and your rich. Yeah, he wrote that. She's around big. Who are you going <laughs> to rap like when you're around them every day? So it's a little like, different. you going to try to rap like big. Rapping like big is working. There's actual reference tracks. And I'm not taking anything away from Kim. I'm just, like you said, we're not going to sit here and give extra points. This woman has to rap with guys like Conway, Benny, rap with Love the Genius, Shay Noir, and has to write her own shit to do it. It's a little different when you're rapping next to big and he's writing your shit. Let's just be real. So you're saying that you're taking points away for Kim for having been? For him writing her stuff, yes. I have you take to. take points away from Foxy for having Nas and Jay around? If they and were writing her stuff, yes. And Nature and yes. Dre and like half the fucking Def Jam building. Why do we give... Look, we can't just be giving female MCs a pass for having ghostwriters, man. We can't do that. We can't. So you don't hold MC Light as high then either. Right. Who wrote you what? You see, when you want to unpack it, let's go ahead and unpack it all the way. We so can unpack it. I'm gonna just, we can do this all night. <laughs> Who wrote what for so What life? you're saying is we should hold up. So are you telling me right now that you think Armani's a better MC than Kim? Is that what you're telling me? It's not what I'm saying. I think at this point in her career, though, if you want to talk about two albums in and compare the Liz and the Liz 2, she wrote all these things. Yeah, I'm taking her over Kim. Okay, Biggie's dead when Kim's second album comes out. So. Yeah, I know. So, you know, Biggie's I like this right album more than I like right? Notorious K.I.M. And I actually had a copy of that. I think, hold on, I think, first of all, I, I don't think it's fair because we haven't listened to the list too enough to say that it's better than the Notorious K.I.M. I didn't but we'll love say Notorious K.I.M. The Notorious K.I.M. is better than the Liz 1, though. Yeah, Hardcore is better than the Liz 1. 
No, I mean the notorious KM is better than the Liz one too, Mike. The one that she wrote without Biggie's help. I don't is know. Better than the first Liz. I don't know about that. So if we're so no no no. So if we're comparing first albums without help being written together, it would be the notorious KIM versus the Liz. I would so, love to do that on a Patreon. I would too, but Mike, this is what I mean. Like, so what about no matter what people say or hold on or love how that. many licks? Like Armani's not writing bangers like that. Big's not. I didn't around, like how many licks like that. Nobody asked you if you liked it, Mike. It's a big, big record. <laughs> Is it a big it record? Yeah, that Mike, that shit was all over BET. Yeah, it was. I think like, it was it was time. big for the time, but it's not. I don't know how well it aged. I don't know how how well half this stuff aged, Mike. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about like hitting with how about this? Show me the how many licks, no matter what people say on the Liz one. You feel me? You know, you're naming records that aren't really that good. I think that the premiere record, Simply Done, is better than both of those records. Simply Done is not better than no matter what people say, Mike. Like, Come you're just on, hating. man. Come no, on, like, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like, like you're hating because like, <laughs> you don't like hating. the records. You are. And I like, like you're hating because you don't like the songs. Like, just because you don't like the songs don't mean that the songs wasn't big and wasn't important. You get what I'm saying? Like, you not liking the song doesn't change how big the record was. No matter what people say, we gotta move it on. Where they was all yeah. doing the moringa and stuff in the video. Right, right, right. But she was actually yeah. singing the same way Armani singing on this album, but that record was a big hit. Show me the record that's about to be a hit with Armani singing on here, because Armani's singing on here too. That's okay. why I bought it up. Are we questioning what's the bigger record or the better record? I mean, Mike, we can do that all day. I mean, first of all, we can't talk <laughs> about the better record when this has only been out for a day versus a product that we've literally well, had last about simply years done and no matter what people say. I mean, I mean, I mean, first of all, she doesn't have one song on here that's about the trend on that level. So the answer is no. You're talking like, about marketing dollars now. No, Mike, I'm talking about the fact that motherfuckers want to do numbers. Why do you think Kodak Black is on this record, Diana? I understand that. Born King. Okay, with super so chat. she's obviously trying to make a move, Mike. So let's like talk about the actual move. You feel what I'm saying? Let's not make it seem like she's trying to pigeonhole herself to be this hardcore female rap artist, Mike, because the bar work and the song structure on here isn't like that. She's gravitating towards herself to make a big breakout hit. So no matter what people say is on the table. Stop trying to make it seem like she's some sort of hardcore artist. You just listen to this album. She's trying no, to make some hit records. You're talking about a hit record from 2000 versus 2022. I feel like if albums were still in the store... A hit is a hit once it's a hit, Mike. That's what I no, keep no, trying you're to tell you. You don't get the change that a record was a hit just because it didn't stay and grow the way that we liked it to. It was still a hit for its day. You're, you don't get the downgraded 22 years later. But again, they, it was a radio hit, correct? Do you think no matter what people say is going to sit here and circulate in 2022 in that way? I think if Lil' Kim has the greatest hits, it's going to be on there. Well, that's a different question. That's a different, yeah. That's a different well, answer. Well, they call it greatest hits for a reason, Mike. Hold on real quick. Let me get some of the Super Chats. Boy King says, have y'all heard of uh, Yara? She's a Cali rapper. Her new album, Californication, uh, West Side Tales. She's dope. Uh, she reminds me of Mecca from Diggable Planet. Love Mecca. Or Nalene. Uh, let's see. Let me get to... Uh, Mike, that's, that's the chick that's on... Um... That's the same one we were talking about on the uh, on the Nug Life in um, oh. in Planet Asia. Gotcha. That's Yara. That was on the Planet Asia joint that I was saying. Told you it was like she got that Bahamadia type of flow, mm -hmm. but like kind of like gangsted out a little bit because she's from Cali. So it's like you can hear like the you know. Community. 
the raising head with the super chat says Puffy had the one um the woman getting us getting in shout outs in the club. Leave them in words alone. <laughs> J Lo uh made the right decision. I'm problematic. You um, are. Next. <laughs> no, I get the things I get the things that you're saying, Mike, but it's like Let's let let's stop acting like Lil Kim didn't make like a lot of classic records, and I hear a lot of great records on here, but I don't know where the classics are. Like, do you hear any hip hop classics on here? I mean, I think this is this is where we're at right now in music. I think we're gonna okay. get I think we're gonna get classic projects before we get classic individual songs because it was a lot easier to actually um, quantify how classic a song is because. Songs circulated so much longer back in that time. You could put out a single and it's going to be out there for three to four, maybe five months. So we had something to really quantify about. If Coolio put out Gangsta's Paradise today, rest in peace to Coolio, and it was on the soundtrack, we would hit the song for like a month and it would be gone. You know what I mean? It's just a different time when it comes to individual classic songs. But if you want to talk about this project, I, listen, th- let me get to my points on this project because I really loved it. I thought the produ- production was awesome. Production is and, uh And I think that the transitions were awesome. I think she yes. was awesome on this album. I think yes. that even them adding that bonus record that was kind of a change of pace for most um, Griselda-sounding artists, she sounded great on it. She sounded comfortable on that one, too. Um, yeah, man, I think that for what they wanted to accomplish with this, I don't see where they fell short. And and I think some of the things you were talking about where I guess someone might nitpick and say, you know, she's not the type of lyricist that Shay Noir is, but I still think that she's strong lyrically in everything that she presented on here. Like, there's not something where I'm like, man, why'd she say that? Or so, You know what I'm saying? Like, She's not going to go out there and say anything that's going to blow your mind, but she also is not going to say anything where you're like, oh, man, that shit was whack. You know what I'm saying? She flows with it. And like you said, her delivery, her presence, uh, just her word placement and her ability to make songs. I think they put together damn near a flawless project for what, you know, they were set out to do. And then gave you a little bonus in there. No, I'm, in, I'm I'm impressed the same way that you are, Mike. Like, I'm a big, big fan. I am. And I, I told you, I was like, no, after this album, I can honestly say that, like, no, I'm a fan of yours. You have made two. Um, one project is good. I would say this one is on the verge of being great. But, <clears throat> and this is what I mean. I really enjoyed what I heard. But all of the songs on here are like good to borderline great. I don't know where the great record is outside of the Conway joint. And so, but, but here's the thing about it. If you tell me that a male rapper were to give me 16, 17, how many joints is this? 16, 17 joints of good to great records. I would tell you, you have an album of the year contender and I'm going to tell you the same thing here. And so I, I didn't find any song on here. I think there's maybe one or two records on here. It's like, well, maybe you could have kept that. But I understood what they were trying to do with those records even. And so... Just like with the first list. Just like with the first list, I found myself listening to this album and it was over 
before I even realized it was over. And that's a good thing because I'm getting lost in the listen and I'm enjoying the album. With the Jeezy, I'm like, man, how many more songs I got left? With the Snoop, well, I'm like, how many you. more songs I got left? When I got done listening to this album, I was like, man, how about this? No, no, no. Forget how I feel. We gave the Lupe and the J.I.D. 4.5, Mike. Okay. I enjoyed it more than both of those albums. I did. From beginning to end, I just thought that the album was better than the Lupe and the J.I.D. Okay. I know people are going to get on me because, of course, Lupe has it lyrically. The production on this album is just crushing the production on Lupe's album. It is. It's crushing. As far as the J.I.D. goes... This is the polished, consistent, woven in and out song, the song joint that that one is it. You know how he has highlights and lowlights and some like, eh, this isn't that, Mike. This is like, this song's dope, this song's dope, this song's dope, this song's dope. I enjoyed it slightly more. And so I would lean towards saying that I think it's a 4.6. Putting it at a 4.6, Mike, would mean it probably falls somewhere like 6 to 10 on our album of the year list right now. Okay. Maybe higher. It might be top five now that I'm thinking about it if I were to rate it that way. And so what say you? This is right what I'm going In relation oh, to those albums that you just spoke about, obviously Lupe, in my opinion, is a candidate for Lyricist of the Year because of his performance on that album. Um, Correct. Drill Music of Zion. Uh, I also feel like the production on Drill Music of Zion was super dope. I think I where it's this one... It's not fucking one, with this, though. I think That's what I'm this, saying. It's not fucking with this, I think the production though. on this one, yeah, is more standout. Yeah. I think that the song... The way she put together these songs, I mean, it's seamless, you know, with these records and, you know, her voice and how she's able to actually make it all come together. Her consistency goes, oh, kind of, I'm piggybacking off of something you said, right? Her consistency would trump their projects, but their highlights would trump everything that's on there. So with that being said, if she had the same rating as them based on the consistency and the better production job, I wouldn't be mad at that. Because obviously, you know, like I said, J.I.D. came with some incredible stuff. But you're right. There are some things that he could have left off. There's some things that he could have reworked. Um, and I know you were saying that the uh, the final outro had to be changed and those things as well. But... And I think that there's some things that could have been done for his project to be slightly better. I don't really know what could be done for this album to, to be, be better. actually better. Right. Unless, right. you know, like you said, unless you're talking about getting a no time out here. I will say this. I think that the song she made with Kodak could have been better. Because I, I thought about Silent Hill and I thought about how much of a banger Silent Hill is for Kendrick. And I think that, and I think the song she made with Kodak is good, but I think yeah. if they could have went for a banger type of thing, it could have elevated the project. I do too. So I'm not disappointed in the record. I understand yeah. the movement. I understand what they're trying to do. Even had Camouflage Monk on the production. No, like I get the move. Yeah. But much like you, Mike, it's like well, they should have made it more of a standout moment. One of the beautiful things about this album that I enjoy. Well, if you're not familiar with her like that 
or and she still is relatively new as an artist because she hasn't done a ton of ton of work. Mm-hmm. But when you were first of all, I love the intro, the Elizabeth Taylor intro. Yeah. Because the way that you're setting this up as a Liz, like I how about this? I know about Liz Taylor because my my mother is one of those people that it's like, no, Liz Taylor is one of them white chicks that my mom always rocked with. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't know, like to hear like that Liz Taylor interview or Barbara Walters talk to her, I'm like. Yeah, that's the Liz Taylor that my mom, my mom used to like shop at Neiman's and rock Louis luggage and all that shit. Like, like right. to, to fuck with Liz Taylor shit, the way that they are, it's like, no, she's fitting into that mold and that scheme with her rhetoric so well. So I love to hear the album start like that. And then to go into bangers like Paula Dean, Diana, Mel Gibson, Hundred Dollar Hiccup. Mike, if you yeah. don't know her, you might think that the best parts of the album are over and it's really just getting started. And that is the dope part about this album is they hit you with a lot of heat early on and then they kind of let her fly and she actually flies very, very well without them. And then the Conway joint kind of brings it all back towards the end and sews it up. Like the big new move to El Puro, I was like, oh, I was like, they finishing this album strong. It's super impressive. If you want to say 4.5 and match it up with the J.I.D., and the um, Lupe, I'm cool with that because I will agree with you on this. I feel like the Liz 2 is better produced than both of those albums, but I do feel like the highlights on those albums are better than the highlights on this album. But she's more consistent than those projects because there's a couple of those Lupe joints and a couple of those J.I.D. joints where you're like, eh, I don't know. You, and know? you know what? This is what I'm going to say about her too because I've been anticipating this project because I love hearing her on records and when I even see her on the record... I know that she's about to make her presence felt. I think she has the ability to make some really, really big highlight records that we haven't no, heard I, yet. When, when I'm comparing, Mike, when I'm pulling up here and I'm comparing her to Kim. And Foxy. Like, that's what I mean. Foxy that's is the I'm comparison, like, too. I'm, say, I'm telling you what she hasn't done yet. But if I'm comparing her to Kim and Foxy, that definitely means that I think that she can do it. Like, I can see her making a no time. I was just like, about to say that. The, I, I she truly, has the charisma to make in no time. I was about she to say, the, I truly believe if this was 1996, she could make a take you home or no time. I just think yes, that the era is different. That's what I'm saying, yes. And, I, and it's hard for me to hold that against her when it's just a different game. You know what I mean? Right. No, Mad no, Max no, of the Super not. Chat says, uh, some of the ratings is crazy. Do people realize that a 4.75 is like a 9.5 out of 10? Or a 95 out of 100, you're basically calling this a classic. Because a 4.5 and up is a class is in classic area. Uh, Darren Harris with the Super Chats I think, said, I think The Liz is the best female rap album of all time. Miss Education County. Wow. Miss Education is not a hip-hop album. I'm sorry, he said Miss Education not County. Well, Miss Education is more of an R&B album. Three rap songs on it. Um... Mad Max also says, laughing my eyes off, Darren Harris. Brother, stop. All time is crazy. Is it, though? Let's name your top five female hip-hop rap albums. Hip-hop Well, rap I mean, albums. let's hold on. Let's, let's not and figure out. No, see, <laughs> I don't like the competitive nature of this. First of all, we don't know if it's better than the Che Noir because we rated the Che. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. If we're giving Armani a 4.5. That's you know, what I want to do on the Patreon. I hate to do that, but I mean, damn. Cause I know we got to so, do the uh, we got to do the Che and we got to do Ransom too. Maybe we yeah, can... we're doing Che and Ransom first, and maybe Armani can go up against the winner of that since we're putting them all. Cause we have, let me see where we got Che at. I got this longest. Yeah, we gave Food for Thought a four point seven, Mike. Okay, I'm gonna go back and listen and to that gave, too. And we gave Black Thought a four point seven, Black Star four point six, 
and ransom of 4.6. And we gave Armani a 4.5. And so what I would tell you is mm. that we need to play this Che again because when you're saying the Liz 2 is the best female rap album ever, it's like, is it the best female rap album this year? Ah, uh, let me get... Let me finish these super chats and I'm going to give And my then there's just that. the fact... No, no, no. Then there's the fact, Mike, and I'm telling you this, there's a very, very high probability that two women are going to crack our top 10 album of the year list. It might be trending towards the fact that it's like, well, we need to stop having that whole male and female MC conversation. Mostly about the fact, Mike, well, we know that these ladies are writing their shit. So let's stop. And, that, and know, that's not even counting Megan. And, and if women are coming along and literally making album of the year contending albums year after year, like I think we may have with Che and with um and, and with Armani coming from relatively the same camp, so to speak, even though I know it's not like straight up and down the same camp because Che is not directly with Griselda, just an affiliate. But, you know, that's a beautiful moment that these things are happening and that we may even have to change the way that we speak. And that's not even counting Megan and Lotto. Uh, Born King with the Super Chat says, has the Currency and Alchemist album been considered album of the year? It, it was early. It was early. It just hasn't held as well music-wise. Currency makes new music, which is beautiful. Like, Currency's going to give you a four, probably. Yeah, every time. Uh, the Raisin Head with the Super Chat says, Food for Thought is album of the year. Uh, Alcamino is the most consistent rapper over uh, the last few years, album for album. Waiting for KD3. Mad Max says, Lil Sims' album was better from last year. I like Lil Sims' album a whole lot. This is what I'm going to say. And I think that when you talk about, you know, best album, this and that, and the third, I tell you all the time, Rod Digger's Dirty Harriet is my personal favorite, you know, rap album by a female MC. I listen to that like I listen to whatever. And that's how I felt about The Liz, too. Like, I feel like, yo, I'm going to really listen to this album. Like, I feel like as dope as The Lil' Sims is, I can listen to it and realize and recognize that, yo, this is a dope project, right? But I don't know if I'm going to go back to it in the way that I go back to, you know, Dirty Harriet. I go back to Dirty Harriet all the time, man. I do. Well, no, replay, replay, replayability and likability is a factor in this game, that, in this discussion that we're having. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be, like, people got to rock with your shit. And so, like, I feel you. Because here's the thing about, that I do like about Armani, is like, I mean, has a guy, Mike, has, like, the production mm-hmm. is so stellar when you ride around to it. That even if you as a guy, because I know you've bought up that it's like, you tell me you've bought up issues of, of having trouble being able to relate you know, honestly about a female's perspective when she's rapping, it makes it hard for you to ride to it. It's like, well, Armani's Lil' Kim and Foxy, like in the sense that it's like, even if you don't rock with it, she's so dope at so many different things. She's empowering. Plus she's pretty. So you kind of like her and you kind of want her to win. And then the record is there. And so she has a lot going for her. Wouldn't you say? This is what I'm going to say. She's got a better rap voice than Lil' Kim. And that's saying a lot. She does. Now, I don't know about doesn't. Foxy. I don't think she got a better rap voice than Foxy. She doesn't. But I agree with you on that. I'll give you that. She does have a better rap voice than Kim. Does she got a better flow than Kim? Huh? Does she got a better flow than Kim? No. Hmm. No. Because Kim flow is an offshoot of Biggie's flow. No. Hmm. Deontay right. Smith of the Super Chat says, Shay has the uh, project has a project dropping this month. So the best female rap album this year debate might not be resolved yet. Didn't know she's dropping this month. 
Man, so I thought it dropped something, or is it supposed to drop? I thought it had already dropped, and we needed to pull, uh, pull back up. And, do we got to pull back? She might have dropped the outtake. She might have dropped like her lost tapes versions or something. I feel like just dropped. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, somebody brought up Funkified. I love Funkified, and I think, oh, and yeah. I'm I'm gonna say this about Funkified: the "Give It to You" remix is probably my favorite female rap song ever, personally. Okay, so I'll tell you this. I objectively would probably rank hardcore over Funkified, but for me personally, Funkified is my favorite rap album by a female because it's the album that I feel like I can play from beginning to end and literally rap the words to as a man and don't feel no type of way about it. I told you, like, when she comes in on the second side, now back from the six, so six, four, four, full of endo, untypical, and B to the R to the A to the T. The city of CHI is where I'm from. The third motherfucker dropped the bomb on the bomb, and here I come, steady breaking busters off. Up to bat is the brat, and ain't a damn thing soft <laughs> about You get what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. can rap along to some of that shit as a dude, and the whole album is like that, and it's got hits it's got beats. It's got crisscross verse on there is fire. I mean, it's the reason why it's the first female rap album to go platinum. No it's got platinum. Hits. So I, I'm I'm with you on. I'm I'm with hardcore and funkified. Mike, I, I can give you Dirty Harriet because Dirty Dirty Harriet is a rap lover's rap type of album. Yeah, that's my kind of rap, man. Just that bully foot. No, no, rap. it's a rap lover's type it's of rap spit. album. I get you. Because I mean, the Outsiders record, man. I love that record, man. <laughs> that, oh, uh, okay. gonna get the highest. Uh, uh, my attitude's like a bad sitcom. Nothing funny. Slap you like you stole something from me. Man, we got raps by the face like Bill Gates got money. First week out, we top twenty. Crunchy, dummy, yumsy. Come get your mouth injured. Diss us. Watch our pop willies without ninjas. Bring your blingy with you for the brick city niggas. Shitting on you like kitty litter. You could do fitty sit-ups. And I don't give a fuck if you bigger. I got a right hook that'll drop any nigga. I like that kind of rap. No. <laughs> no. No, I, I, no, I dig what you're saying. So what I would tell you is, is that right after those three albums that we named, I would probably tell you um, four and five for me probably after that would be Eve's album. Oh, yeah. And then the album Eve by Rhapsody. But here's what I would tell you. Yeah, yeah. Another one, yeah. But here's what I'll tell you. As much as I love Eve by Rhapsody, I feel like this Chain Noir and this Armani are better because I'm probably because I'm going to listen to them more. Like conceptually, conceptually, I think the Eve album is the best female rap album ever conceptualized I and can, executed I from beginning to end. So if we're talking on a technical level, it's actually Eve by Rhapsody. But, yes. but when you have to factor in the fact that people have to ride to your shit and replay your shit. It's like, well, I would go Funkified, Hardcore, Dirty Harriet, uh, Eva Destruction, and then I would probably, we're going to have to decide about this Che and this Armani, because I think they may have just came with, because I'll tell you what, as much as I love Foxy, this is better than all of Foxy's albums. How about that? Yeah. Oh, okay, so you said Eva Destruction. I love Fox, too. I, you know what? I'm going to be real. I think that if you want to talk about groundbreaking, impactful, hit records, classic records, it has to go to hardcore, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. no, but but here's yeah. what I mean when I'm saying what Armani does is impressive. Like when I'm saying that it's better than Foxy's albums, 
but Foxy's highlights are way better than hers. Like Foxy's yeah. last real album, Broken Silence, Mike, the start of Broken Silence, Candy with Khalees, Oh Yeah with Spraga Benz. Oh Yeah BK, was hard. BK Anthem, remember? That's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, no, no, no. There are none of those on here. So it's like there are levels to this, and I understand that was a different era. Like those first song, seven songs of Broken Silence are, are, are just as good, if not better, than everything on this album. The only difference is, is Armani is doing it for the full album, not half the album. Like with Kim yeah. and Foxy, It'd be like Hit outside of hard, I mean outside of hardcore, Mike. For Kim, it's like you got me for five songs, then you lost me for three, and then you had me for four again. No, with no Fox, right. it's like you had me for half the album, and then you lost me for half the album. With this shit, it's like no, you got me. You got me like the Roots and Erica Badu, Mike. You got Jay, me. L. Bugs with the super chat says, "I'm gonna check out the Armani's album for sure." Uh, what do you think of Lakia? I like. Uh, I think that she's dope, and she has bars and a voice. She calls herself the female goat. Love, love, Akia. Yeah, she's dope. I need to check out her most recent album, though. I'm about to say, I don't think I've heard enough to have a hardcore opinion yet. To, but I need to listen to more. Born King it's says, Brat tried too hard. There's a lot of stuff everywhere, Mike. It's a yeah. lot of stuff to keep up. We need to hire Seth. Born King says, Brat tried too hard to sound like Snoop. I agree with that. And that kind of hurt. And, you know, I didn't notice it at the time. But after the fact, I go back and look at the Funkify video and just how, you know, how similar that was to what G-Funk was going on. And it kind of affects the way I feel about it now. But I love those songs still. But I think what really hurt Brat when it came to that part of it was she never really had an identity moving forward. It wasn't doing, I was about to say, Mike, it was the transitioning out of it, I think, that was mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. It wasn't the actual doing it. She she did the female Snoop thing rather well. It was the transition of it. Like, yeah. she didn't transition well into what the next thing was going to be. She didn't really identify her character. Yeah. Melvin Wright with the Super Chat says, Brat ripped Snoop's flow and rode the wave hard. Rode that wave hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, man, we have to, I'm sorry, I have to put that on the producer mostly, right? In this situation, you're signing a you're signing a young unsigned artist from Chicago. You get what I'm saying? It's like she's probably like that's like when you hear her rap on the second album, Mike. Well, people didn't take to that, and it's like, oh no, that's how they rap in the shy though. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like everybody that's like, oh no, you have to understand. Well, for whatever you feel about how she sounded and taking in Jack and Snoop's flow. Well, you didn't follow her as much when it was her flow when she had more creative control of the process. You damn sure bought Funkified. Mike, yeah, so kind of like, like what he like, did like, work, like, but it didn't. Every other nigga like us was wanting to be in the Give It To Me video. Like, stop playing. We that was a who's We wanted to be invited who? to that party and be in the video with Bill Bellamy. Biggie right. was chilling. All little R&B superstars that you wanted to smash. Everybody was in, was in that chilling. video. Everybody. Big fun in that video, Mike. I was like, what do I got to do to get in this game? You got Keith Murray in the video. You got Goody Bob in the video. TLC. Uh, Mary's in there wilding out. Too short. Thick chilling. Yeah, you got MC Light out there in the beginning helping the catering and all that. Yeah, man. Incredible yeah. video. Bill Bellamy playing right. like the fake-ass ballet. <laughs> Andre Shashir with the Super Chat says, uh, glad somebody mentioned Lakia on here. Uh, she's from my city and dudes from here can't touch her. She's nice, and a former baseball teammate uh, manages her. Dope. Andre Shashir is such an insider. One of he our is. insiders oh, yeah, is in the Hold chat. Hold on. Andre has literally been following us, y'all, since we used to go on Facebook Live. 
Oh no, we were on Instagram Live when Andre was in. Was there. he on Instagram Live with us too? So. The Instagram Live is when it started. Then little hour segments, we didn't even know we was getting cut off. Remember the first episode, we didn't know we was getting cut off. He was like, "Hey," I was like, "I think there's only hour," and it was like, <laughs> "Like boom, yeah." Um. <laughs> so yeah, I think that where where does Black Rain fit in that for you? Because uh, I don't love Queen Black Latifa, Rain. She has Black some hits on there moments. though. You and Ity and Just Another Day, great records. Okay, so I mean, the highlight doesn't get any higher than that. I, you know what? Six had a copy of Latifah's Black Rain. I just haven't heard it in a long time. I would probably need to go listen to it to give it a fair listen. Just Another Day in UNITY, obviously, are hip-hop classics. You know what I mean? Like, period, point, blank. So what's your favorite MC Light album? You know, I love Light, but I never really loved any of her albums more than any of the other ones. I would say the one that has like Paper Thin and Cha 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 on it. Which one is that? Uh, that's the first. Is that one. Light as a Rock? I always thought the one with Poor Georgie was the one where it was like she really had taken her style to the next level. Uh, act like you know. Because yeah. Poor Georgie, I mean, I think it's one of the stronger hip hop records of that year too. Especially from a single standpoint. Uh, boy, I think I was more Light as a Rock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still light as a you rock. You still light as a rock over uh, at like you know? Okay. I am. I'm, like, because you want to know what? Like, like light as a rock, the actual song, like, is one of those songs from my childhood that I'll always remember. I never, like, she's the first female I ever heard rap rap that I can recall hearing rap and could see a visual aid of who she was and was mm -hmm. entertained by it. That was light as a rock. So, you know, it sticks to your ribs different when it's that person it kind of puts you on. It's like the women rap too. They rap like this. They got a voice like this. They sound like this. They make dope ass records like this. That's what Light as a Rock was. Mm. I am Light as a Rock. L-Y-L-Y-Y-T. I still remember it in my head the first time I seen it. Like, and all that. You know what I mean? Right. I can remember asking my big cousin, not my cousin Mario, the producer, but his older brother, the dude whose artwork is on them all. I can remember asking him. I'm like, who is that? Because he's like, oh, that's MC Light, nigga. <laughs> you know, I'm seven years old. He's 16. Like, like that's MC Light, nigga. <laughs> Born King said, at the time, Atlanta didn't really have an identity. Either we tried to sound like New York, Miami base, or Cali. Cass, Goody, and T.I. changed that. Huh, Atlanta sounds. Atlanta sounds. I think that, yeah, Southern Playlistic changed that. But you know what, man? I'm going to be real. Southern Playlistic gave us an identity in the fact that people noticed that we were down here rapping. But Southern Playlistic, I remember, um, I think Andre was on, it was an NPR uh, episode where um, 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 Ali Shaheed from Tribe was interviewing him or something like that. And he said when he first heard them, he thought they were from Cali or something. They sound like the hieroglyphics. hieroglyphics. And, and I could hear that, like, and from a production standpoint, it was kind of like that 93 to infinity vibe to some extent, at least as far as the records that were coming out. I think they carved their own niche. But I do believe that Dirty South sound really starts with soul food, sonically. Do you think I'm off with that? Because to me, soul food sounds like Atlanta as far as the stories go. You know what I'm saying? And the way they were shouting out certain streets, and it was, 
It's different. Here's how I always looked at it. Do you remember the interlude, the Welcome to Atlanta interlude from Southern Playlistic? Mm-hmm. I know you do. Of course. It's the record between Ain't No Thing and Southern Playlistic. Yeah. I always looked at Southern, in hindsight, as we got older, I always looked at Southern Playlistic. Here's what Southern Playlistic was. Remember when the guy's like, and over there you have East Point, College mm-hmm. Park, home, you know, and he's explaining like the parts of Atlanta and who Atlanta's home to. Mm-hmm. That is a microcosm of actually what Southern Playalistic is. It's giving you an overview of the city the same way that interlude on Welcome to Atlanta is. But when you get the soul food, Mike, yeah. it's like, no, I'm on 1365 Wichita Drive. Exactly. Right? It gets very Remember, specific with soul food. They you down to the corner, Mike. Like me and my cousin Six talked all the time about CeeLo's verse where he talks about on Sesame Street, mm-hmm. remember around the corner from Benjamin, Benjamin Mays? Because we used to have an aunt that used to stay up off of Mays, and it's yeah. like, no, I know the corner yeah. that he's talking about. Bankhead seafood, you know what I mean? Right. Stuff, like, you really get actual pinpoint spots. It gets very specific right. with soul food. I, like, like when uh, Cujo's on fight, and I, I went to this Texaco to holler at this Bezo. I, right, it's getting specific to the yeah. to the corners, to the streets, to the dichotomy of Atlanta, but also an insight. Like, because here's the thing about it, and here's what was beautiful about soul food. It's like, well, we're very soulful and spiritual people, but we're thinkers. And soul food revealed us to the rest of the hip hop world. Is like, yeah, these country ass niggas think though, like cell therapy. Those interviews used to be classic. I remember when Joe Claire came down here and was talking to Goody Mob with Greenbrier. And uh, at the time, CeeLo was calling himself uh, the militant midget. And so they would go on these conspiracy theories on BET. Right. It was great. Right. They, would, they would have Goody Mob on Teen Summit, like just sitting there mm-hmm. talking to the kids. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they took it Super a step important. further. And I remember Joe Claire saying when Soul Food came out, he was like, look, I'm going to keep it real, man. You guys are one of my favorite groups ever. Like, when they hit, soon as they hit, they hit. And I'm going to be real to the people what? out there. When Soul Food came out, I liked Goody Mob more than I like Outkast. Me, personally, I did. Until <laughs> AT Aliens dropped. Until <laughs> Elevators came out, I was more of a Goody Mob fan. I'm not going to lie to you. Couldn't do that. No, no, couldn't do that. Won't be doing that. I'm Let's just see. being real, man. No, no, I mean, you want to know what it's like. I relate. Like, how about this? The intellect in me, like, gets what you're saying, but I knew what Outcast was doing, and Outcast was putting us on the map, and that's mm-hmm. why I kind of, like, was with it. Even if I thought Soul Food was better, it's like, no, nah, they doing what they got to do to put us on the map. Oh, definitely. Like, I care put us on the map. They did what they had to do to put us on the map, and they gave us a classic while they put us on the map, and so I heard the reverence of it different, and I also feel like Outcast taking the route that they took enabled Goody Mob to make an album more unique to Atlanta like Soul Food. So I don't even think they have that creative leeway if Southern Playalistic doesn't pop. Because when Southern Playalistic popped and went platinum, it's like, well, let me show you what we can really do. No, I agree with you. That's Soul Food came It wouldn't have worked in the inverse. Like, Goody Mob wouldn't have been able to be first to open the door for Outkast. No, I agree with that. But let me ask you this. What's the best song on Southern Playalistic? Mike, I've always told you that I, see, I always go for what you don't get again. And what you get on Ain't No Thing, you never get again. You think Ain't No Thing's better than Get Up, Get Out? Get Up, Get Out is a crew record, Mike. Wow. Ain't No Thing is an outcast record. No, I agree with that, but I'm saying... So, I'm, so no, no. So See, this is what I'm saying. Is, is that As great as Get Up, Get Out is, it's like, well, we have thought process. 
we have Black Ice. We have the Cater Psalm. We have Mainstream. We have Mama Cita. We have uh, Gas. Y'all we have it and stuff, yeah. Like, on Ain't No Thing, Mike, it's two verses of Andre and Big Boy on some street shit, Mike. Rapping when are four we getting that again? Two verses each. Two verses each. And Big Boy's freestyling at the end, and even the freestyle at the end is wild. And so is the hook, Mike. And so... It's a special record in the sense that you never hear them rap like that again. There's never another song where they have two verses a piece like that again. They never talk like that again. That beat so that's used to be... You remember when uh, Ludacris was Chris Lover Lover, him and Poon Daddy, they had a radio show out here in Atlanta. In my opinion, the greatest radio show we've ever had in the city's history. But that used to be their intro. Yes. Yep. You Like, the song starts off, Andre is loading up a gun and cocking it. <laughs> Niggas in the point ain't changed. Niggas man. in the point ain't changed. Like when they when they talk ever been like that, and the energy is there, Mike, a nigga ready from the get go. Y'all get my shit blows. It's Andre. Andre. Can your punk ass come out to play? That's Andre <laughs> talking like that. Can yep. your punk ass come out to play? Stay in Stay your little, little hole. hole, then coward, duck your head. You don't know who you be you fucking with. You better off. That is what I say. You best run the other way. way. I was like, oh, no. My yeah. personal favorite song on Southern Playlistic is uh, Claiming True. I love that record. I think and That's no one of those songs song. that you're never going to get again either. Now, hold on, Mike. I was about to say, for me, it was always between Ain't No Thing and Crumbling Herb, actually. I always had Get Up, Get Out as third because I was like, well, that's posse cut stuff. And unless the posse... Like, I'm always going to pick the crew song over the posse cut song. It's like... Well, I know Thought Process and Dirty South are probably the best songs on Soul Food. But Mike, there's something. I disagree, but I feel you. I love those songs. Yeah, they are. But there's something about Cell Therapy. Cell Therapy is the best song on Soul Food. Well, I'm, I was going to work in reverse, but there's something about goodie bag no. and there's something about Cell Therapy that if you feel that way, I'm not going to argue, which I think fighting is up there too. Fighting is great. I think Dirty South's better than Thought Process. And I love Thought Process. I don't want to sound it's like I'm not, shitting I, on I Dirty South. No, Dirty South's that. crazy. But no, I would it's say it's not better than Thought Process. Just CeeLo and Andre on Thought Process alone is like literally like 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 blowing. Now the bar like, work, I think you're getting it confused. The bar work, yes. But if we talk the about the better the song. Message, Mike, no. like are you listening to what they're saying? Like there's yeah. bar work and then there's bar work that has a message and makes a point. And both of their verses are not just lyrical but soulful, impactful. Well, in that case, there's nothing on there better than self-therapy. No, if you want to argue that, I was actually going to tell you. And the song Soulful is better, too. Listen to what I'm saying. Part of what makes self-therapy work, that's the best beat on the album. That's the best hook on the album. Of course. Right. And then, honestly, if we talk about CeeLo's verse, it's probably one of the best verses on the album. Me and my family moved to CeeLo's verse on Goodie Bag. Me and my family moved to our apartment complex. A gate with the serial code was put up next. They claim that this community is so drug-free. It don't look that way to me because I can see the young thugs hanging out at the stove. 24-7 junkies looking for some endo to blow. It's powerful. You know what else they trying to do? Make a curfew, especially for me and you? (laughs) Come on, man. A new world order. Time is getting shorter. His verse on Goodie Bag, Mike, was one of the best verses that year. 
First of all, I stand a little more than five feet tall, but we can still brawl, nigga. I ain't scared at all. I guess you niggas don't know or can't see that it ain't even why I step into me incorrectly. But yet, and still, if niggas feel and they deal, I will split your ass up for real. Because we the maniacs with the chunky goody sacks. No, I don't carry an axe, but I still swing lumber with the lumber tracks. Tracks are being made by Ogano, Ize, while we chilling in the shade and getting paid for chilling, illing. With, no, 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 that's the do best person on Soul Food. It's not even a question of that. You Mikey think so? Fast for like two minutes. It's high, high level. I, you I know, know I, I, the I, goodie I'm, bag. Like, that's what I mean. Like, goodie bag is them on their rap shit. Put some I, fire on the ass end of that weed because in the swats, red hots don't drip or bleed. That's them on their rap shit. I think Cujo on, um, on Sesame Street. I think Cujo again on cell therapy, like this is some heavy, heavy lyrics. Uh, I boy, like Cujo's verse on Guess Who. Oh yeah. Oh my God. CeeLo's verse on Guess verse Who. To me, that, I thought that was his best verse. That was my favorite Cujo. I'm verse sorry, Cujo. Guess who's better than Thought Process in Dirty South too? It's just you see, you're talking about the message. It's incredible record, man. I mean, you're just going on ball work. I'm play soul food tonight. I think I'm gonna play soul food tonight. Born King with a super chat says, uh, first female rap I heard was uh not Tierra Marie, Tina Marie, Square Biz, 1981. Yeah, Missy went and did that verse over on the uh Sierra joint. Uh Born King also says, It was a line in in the beautiful JJ's rib shack. I'm sorry, yeah, it was a line at the beautiful JJ's rib shack was packed too. Looking to yeah. be one of them days that mama ain't cooking. Everybody's out hunting with the family. Uh, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, Light, uh, from what I heard, is the greatest female MC not named Lauren Hill. Um, that I never heard. I rank her second as a female. She don't get enough. Uh, she don't get enough for the credit. Uh, Mad Max also says, And Lady London... Just from some freestyles, the best overall female rapper today. She just got to stop the IG challenge rap and focus on her own, on her female hove persona. You got to make your own stuff. Mad Max Correct. also says, and be that female hove uh, for an album. Uh, Born King also says, Soulful Remix of 8 Ball and MJG. That's a classic. Greg Street used to play that a lot. Um, I don't know how we got on that tangent, but. I'm going to say that. Yeah. No, I see people like shouting out Gip too. It's like, no, no, no. I follow Gip on the gram. I love Gip, man. I think Gip has one of the best flows ever. And he did his thing on Soul Food, still standing. And again, I think his verse, <laughs> his verse on Get Up, Get Out, and the fact that I guess they had to cut him out because, you know, you could only have a single that was so long is a travesty. His verse on Get Up, Get Out is crazy. I hate that was cut out of the radio verse. He's probably, like, you could argue he's probably taking more for the team than anybody else, maybe. I'll say this about Gip, man. From a rap standpoint, and I think CeeLo might have said this on his Drink Champs. Gip was supposed to be the solo star, man. He was. I mean, we knew what I mean, CeeLo was. if you listen was. to a lot of these records, Mike, if you listen to Gip and if you follow Gip, it's like, no, you can hear Gip on a lot of these records that you don't hear Gip on. I remember uh, Pimp C saying, I think he was on Rap City when he said this. He was like, he's talking about people biting. And I love Pimp C because, you know, he just kept it all the way real. But he said, mm-hmm. man, when he did Big Pimpin', he said, man, you know, I called Big Gip and was like, look, I want to use your flow for this song. Is that cool? And mm-hmm. he did. And he was like, cool. 
Because Gip got that flow, man. When you hear Pimp C's verse on Big Pimpin', yeah, it does sound like something Gip would do. I never thought about that. Um, I remember, Do you remember that song that Gip was on on 3-6's... Uh, 6661 hours. 66, yep, I sure do. That nigga yeah. killed that shit. Don't give yeah. a fuck up saying tough like chicken gizzard. <laughs> it's like his flow was crazy. He has one of the best flows ever, for real. He does. His flow is crazy. But yeah, he was supposed to be the solo star. And when he dropped um, Serving, that was on that uh, Shaft soundtrack, I was like, oh yeah, it's go time. But I don't know what happened. I think Gip was one of those guys that really loved working with the team and maybe it was some label stuff i don't know but gip definitely had the solo star power i mean i think that he was dressing that way before dre was doing it and dre was kind of piggybacking off of some of the stuff that gip was doing it so you know um you know when gip and joy were together they used to come in the damon busters in the back i remember that yeah i remember that yeah you know, Joy's a legend to too. Shout like, out to Joy. She no, a legend I, too. You, this is you know, this is back back in the day, Mike. So we might have been what 19, 20, 21 back then. Yeah. But I used to take care of them, and I mean, I ended up taking care of them like three or four different times. I mean, he's has an approachable and a nice and an everyday human being guy that you'll meet. Period, Mike. Fuck some rap shit. Like, nah, man, I love I, I'm always so impressed about how, like, you know, they would be asking me how I was doing and stuff and how the like, like, like on some real, real people shit. You know what I'm saying? And I always remembered that. And it was one of those things that always, I think, made Goody Mob so endearing to the city because it's like, well, I got a gift story like that. Somebody got a Cujo story like that and a Timo story like that. And even CeeLo stories like that. Mike, I mean, I ran into CeeLo and Greenbrier Mall one time, like, right. Like, right when they had become, like, big, like, around still standing, I mean, he was still, you know. Gibbs interviews are fire. Uh, you know, uh, Cujo actually hosted uh, one of my group's mixtapes back in the day. And, uh, and, you know, we brought Cujo into the studio. And it was crazy because, you know, we're, we're young. We, we pretty much recorded a whole album and a mixtape at the time. But seeing him in the booth and hearing an actual seasoned artist, it was a big difference. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, because, you know, you collaborate with a lot of your friends or whatever, and you see them in the booth and you hear them in the booth. But when you hear somebody who's been doing this at the time, it might have been like, what, 10 years? You're like, oh, yeah, that's a big difference. He, his voice was, yeah, it was different. And, I, uh, I, you know, I was on some fan shit. I was asking him stuff like, yo, man, like, how did you guys not end up on black ice. And he was like, well, you know, basically, you know, we was all in the studio. Everybody fell asleep. We woke up. The song was done. Simple as that. Right. It'd be stuff like that. No. <laughs> That's why like, everybody yo, was coming I, I mean, to take off for went, not being on you bad come to the studio, Mike. Yeah. You've come to the studio to do your shit and be like, hold on, that got made? Yeah. Be like, damn, maybe like, yeah, yeah, you weren't here last night. It's like, oh, damn, damn. Like, play something for me now then. That's cool. He was like, yeah, when he woke up, song was done. But again, that's another song that was letting people know that Gip was coming as a solo artist. Because Gip was a solo artist. CeeLo was a solo artist. And the Lumberjacks, Cujo, and Timo were a duo. So it was a plan for all of those guys to be, you know, what they were in that facet. Uh, Born King says the whole Goody Mob is uh, approachable. Outcasts are the same way, too. Big Boy specifically. I've never ran into Dre, but I've heard for the people who have ran, run into Dre, he is extremely approachable. 
But it's just you don't see him much, whereas you see Big Boy out a little bit more. Cool as hell, man. You know, these these global legends are some really cool people. They are. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, um, but shout out to Gip. He got a smoke shop out here. And um, I think we're talking about doing some stuff, uh, hopefully, through our uh, sponsor. I got to call our sponsor back. You know, we um talking about doing some more things as well. But yeah, I would love to uh, have a conversation with Gip because he gives some great interviews and gives some great insight from his experience, not only in the industry, but just in music, period, and, you know, just in life in general. So what do you think about that um, that Snoop Gangsta Grill? Because we kind of briefly so, glossed over it. No, no, no. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was dope. Um, I mean, Snoop... Snoop is becoming, like, quiet as kept. He's becoming a great A&R of projects, Mike. Like, he did... <clears throat> Speaking of which, Mike, we need to reach out to Chris the Glove. I got his info. We're going to okay. be reaching out to Chris the Glove. But, I mean... Just like Glove was saying when he jumped in our chat. Well, I mean, Dr. Dre is still a master, like a ranger, composer. You know what I'm saying? Right. So much like I'm sure like people like Glove and Elizondo and Mailman and Scott Storch have all learned something. Guess who else was there for a lot of that, too, Mike? And he was staying active. And not to mention that Snoop worked with the Neptunes at the height of the Neptunes. So he was around for things. He knows how to put together things. And he already has his own musical knowledge in itself. I was surprised to see Dave East on there so much. And I was surprised to hear how good Dave East and Snoop sound together. Sounds like a good business deal. I mean, that's a little bit, you know, how I pulled up and was like, well, um, you know, Nas is holding a mass appeal down. Well, well, second in that line of command would be Dave East. So it was good to see a little like East Coast west coast independent type of thing going on because like that's him working with an independent artist and hearing corrupt on there too that was what excited me yeah hearing corrupt excited me hearing corrupt snoop and dave east on the track together in 2022 is exciting you know what i like about snoop's projects is the fact that he sounds like he's having fun man he does but here's what i'll tell you though mike and and we're going to speak to this again how old is snoop 51 he just turned 51 yesterday Right, because he's my Libra brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Libra's got some of the best MCs, Mike. We got Snoop, we got Thought, we got Talib. I think we got we got Wayne. We got well, I'm Wayne. sorry that you guys have Talib. Do you guys? I'm Wayne? sorry too. You you know what's crazy about Talib? Talib's born the day after me. He's the third. Him and Black Thought are born on the same I day. I saw that. Thought. I saw. I always claim the Black Thought side. I never claim the Talib side. I was like, you know, Black Thought's born the day after me. They'd be like, you know, Talib is too. I'd be like, shh. Following Talib on Instagram is tiring, Why would man. you do that? Why would you do that? Because I'm in the media. I have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, he you is, have to do that. No, I'm going to be. You want to know what? Guys like him is why my ass stay outside in Atlanta and don't be like online, like following unless I want to follow Man, he is nonstop talking about yay, man. It's like, dude, chill, man. It's too much. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. It's almost like an obsession. And, and it's interesting because. This man made your biggest song by far. What, Get By? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it was weird to me when it comes to Ye, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is with some of these people who he's done really a lot for, whether he meant to do a lot for them or not. But it seems like they are the ones that have the most animus 
from Talib to John Legend <laughs> to even Common, man. It's like, really, y'all shouldn't jealousy? have anything to say about this guy at all. Just fall think back. It's hmm? think it's jealousy? It feels like it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, even if I disagree with somebody that, you know, had a part in getting me to a certain spot, I'm just not going to say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, don't ask me to go out there and camp, you know, campaign for you against him while he's running for president. I'm not going to do anything. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. To actively work against somebody who's done. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, whatever, you know, you wanted them to vote for Kanye for president. That's not what I'm saying. But let me ask you this. Do you feel like if Common has an initiative, let's just say he's doing something for the city of Chicago, for the kids, whatever, whatever. Who do you think he would have a better opportunity to get those initiatives passed through? Joe Biden or Kanye West? <laughs> I'm just saying. You want to know, I had a conversation. One of my coworkers, Paul. Paul's late 40s, white, Republican, super conservative. And we're just having a dialogue. And I'm like, Paul, I'm like, do you think I'm a Democrat because I'm black and I host a hip hop podcast show with the homie Mike B? Because I put him on the recording of hip hop. And he's like, no, he was like, but I imagine I look like a conservative Republican because I'm a middle aged white man living in East Cobb. And I was like, you do. I was like, but do you behave like that in your day to day function? Like, he's like, no, I don't let my politics like affect our relationship. I said, I don't either. I said, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a independent because you can't trust these motherfuckers like just like I don't trust the motherfuckers you're with. But what I'm saying is, is that when politics get involved, things get shady. Now, if me and my coworker can figure out a way to put our shit aside to make shit work like inside our building, it's like mm-hmm. people who you've made classic music for can't afford you that same sort of respect. There does appear to be something inherently wrong with that. When a white guy who I just met, you feel <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and me know, and him can come to an understanding immediately, Mike. Exactly. A respectable one. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, listen, I know you know that I have my ways. I know that you have your ways, right? And regardless of where we are, I feel like if I'm trying to get something done, I have a better chance getting it done with you than I would some racist politician that, you know, doesn't know me at all. Or doesn't even care to know me at all. Just wants to use That's me for the moment. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the nature <laughs> of the threat is the nature of the threat is truly real when it's like when you can trust a stranger more than you can trust your brother. It, it's crazy. It's, it's just the reality of the matter. And, and you I know mean what? And again, like skin. I mean, brother, brother, like thinks like you think. Like, like one of my homegirls chimed in when me and Paul was talking and was like. She's like, well, I'm a Democrat, but I like money, so I be voting conservative about some stuff. <laughs> What's well, all about what your interests are? You know, what I, I respect about 50 Cent, man, and, you know, it's probably going to sound funny coming from me, but the fact that he always, always, always will be respectful to Eminem because, like he said, Eminem did something for me at a point in my life that I couldn't do for myself. So I'm never going to talk down on him. Y'all can say whatever y'all want, but that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? 
And I'm sure they've had their disagreements, but he would never let anybody know because he respects what Eminem has done for his life too much. Right. And that's just bottom line. And I don't see that from uh-huh. these guys, and it's disappointing, man. Guys that that's are fans I mean. of. See, now here's the thing. <clears throat> the black community on some factions will get on 50 for that, but really what we need is more black men who actually, I don't believe I'm saying this, we need black men who actually get behind other black men the way 50 gets behind him because he understands who really gave him his opportunity to fly. Mm-hmm. Here's a little reality check for it. Like if Talib were to you know, have a versus... Not to cut you off, but M does the same thing with Dre. Right. If yeah. Talib were to have a versus, Get By would be his closing song, wouldn't you say? Of course. It wouldn't even make Kanye's verse. And he might, you know what, he might do the blast just to be, you know, whatever, but it would be Get By, yes. And you're right, it wouldn't even make Kanye's list. And so there's level to this. And so understand when you keep on attacking this man or expressing vitriol, there is some of it that's coming off a little, 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 little hateration and holleration in this dancery. You know, it's just the level of it. Like if you say one or two things, fine. But it's like every single post is about this man. It's like, come on, man. And not to mention, let's just be real. Your guy, Yasin Bey, fucks with Kanye. Like he does. He loves him. He loves him. Like, so it looks real crazy. Like, the way he talks, he might love him more than he loves you. <laughs> that's what it seems. The way he talks, like. he loves Ye more than he loves you. I want you to understand that. Maybe that's the issue. I don't know. That could, that could be the issue. That's what I mean. Where's the where's the source of the jealousy come from? Because Ye's been out of his stratosphere, artist-wise, for a long time. It could be some of that. And I don't want to like entertain that type of fodder, especially for somebody who I've had some sort of relative back and forth with the back and forth being he likes to pull up in here when the fuck he feels like it and never respond to you and me directly. But that's neither here nor there. It's just, um, and, and all this just got started with talking about, you know, Libras. But yeah, it's just... Um, it's oh, like, that was my point, Mike. You can't trust us. Like, <laughs> well, there it is. <laughs> you can't trust us, Mike. Boy I'm King this, says... I'm saying this I'm saying this because I was born October 2nd. I'm in the center of the tribe, Mike. I'm in the center of all this <laughs> madness. Mike, let me give you some Libras. This is Lil Wayne, Stephen A. Smith, Talib Kweli. I'm going to say less. <laughs> well, there you go. Boy King with the Super Chat says, John Legend, Common, and Kweli are Democratic puppets. Hmm. Well, uh, we're not, I'm not making excuses for Kanye. I can't stand Kanye, but here's what's going on with Kanye. Kanye is showing you where the money really resides right now, though. How about that, Mike? If you want to say anything about what you like, forget your feelings. I, where's my old friend, Kanye? Mike, I want I want my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. And before Kanye back, that's my guy. I don't like this guy at all. I can't stand his ass. He's showing me where the paper at, though. Like, as in who really run it and control it. See how quick Nori like tucked his tail between his legs and his head and show in jeopardy and all that. It's like, hmm. I want to be clear. We don't cut. agree or co-sign with. It's called edit. It's called edit. It's called yeah. edit. When you get done with the show, the show bounces over. Have time to edit the footage. Just my guy Ron Bay, man. He's, he's always Ron Bay's always said that he feels like uh, Ye is out here doing a social experiment, and and whether that's you know. Right or wrong, I don't know. But I will say this. I will say this. Ye lives what he says. And when he lives what he says, he shows you that there's some truth into some of the things that he's saying. I mean, I hate to he, say He's it. willing to go out there and die on that hill. He is. And just to show you what it really is. He's not playing around with it. 
He just lost another sponsorship for <laughs> uh, from a very major fashion uh, designer that, uh, that that us in this black community um, love to wear when we have the money and the economics to shit. Sometimes when we don't have the money or the economics, right, we right, go right. and buy their shit. Matter of fact, most of the time, <laughs> we don't have the money or the economics to go buy their shit. And they just drop yay. But what I would submit to people, go look at who owns the company. Like I did the day. I'm like, oh, they're going to... Paper trail. Yeah. Paper trail. I'm going to say less, Mike. People need to do some research like I've been doing, you know? Yeah. Even when I'm not talking to a source, Mike, I'm finding evidence and doing research. It's according to hip-hop, most credible publication out there. Blue Collar Hustle said, Talib wasn't talking about Ye until Ye dissed him on Drink Champs. You can't allow another man to disrespect you in your career uh, with no clap back. He just said he didn't like the way he rapped. Is that really a diss? I'm just old fashioned, Mike. It's like, I just believe if men can't talk about it, we should squab about it. And then we can just be cool after that. You know what, what I'm saying? What happened to the days where like MC... We talk it out. It's like we got the ladies' hands. I'm not talking about the ones that Christ laid. And then after that, it's done. What happened to the days where MC felt the way about something somebody said and they put in a diss record? So, can Instead I tell of sitting here the, continuously doing can Instagram I, posts. Can I tell you something that the source told me? Like the older generation of hip hop, like the icons, not just him, but like all of them be looking at these dudes now. It's like, you know, when we had problems, we made records. Yeah. It's kind of whack. It's kind of whack, Mike. It's hip. I'm going to say this again for people that don't know part of why hip hop was created. It's a very tenuous environment when you come from impoverished and in central, centrally populized areas, as in the density is high on the population and the poverty is high too. That creates stressful situations. Hip-hop is something that was created to help alleviate that pressure by putting those negative thoughts and feelings into a positive format to express and dictate a victor. Hence, dance battles and MC battles and graffiti battles and (laughs) DJ battles. Everything about how this culture has been created has been about us expressing the angst and formulating into a positive competitive outlet and niggas want to play on Instagram with each other. Mm-mm-mm. Well, this is what I was saying, because I see people in the chat saying that... People in the chat are saying that he went on a rant against Talib, but this is what I'm going to say, guys. Y'all don't think that Talib could put out a, a record instead of posting about Ye every single day? Calling him a Nazi. Like, come on, man. Like, it's it's... It's gotten out of hand, man. No, come no, on. no. I think he's not talking about <laughs> the Nazis. He's talking about... He's talking about the people who were ostracized by the Nazis. That's who he's talking about, Mike. He's not talking about the Nazis. He's talking about the people who's ostracized by the Nazis. LP, so the why, two, why am I lost in the killed. sauce? Like, LP saying I'm lost in the sauce. No, I'm not. Like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's like, if you have an issue with an MC, especially somebody you've worked with, put it on record. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I think that just, you know, social media for certain artists, and it's not just to live, it's giving them too much of a range to show themselves to the public to the point where people are like, you know what? I don't really like you as much as I thought you did. Like, I, as I thought I did. It is what it is. And I'm not saying shut up and dribble or anything, but it gets to a point where it's overkill, where it's like, chill out. And another MC that I talk about all the time that I think is sli- highly underrated in his career, T.I., he does that a lot. And I think a lot of the, you know, the way people feel about T.I. now 
A lot of that's predicated on things that they've seen via social media as opposed to what they remember before those things existed. You can give people too much. Okay, so in T.I.'s case, because I agree with you, I feel like his biggest attraction has been his oversaturation of himself at times as somebody who is a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Jeezy. Like, you know I'm a bigger Tip fan, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, Tip is a dude to me as far as, like, solo MCs down here. Definitely. All right? Like, like for me, as far as solo MCs come out of Atlanta, oh, he's number one. Probably the most rounded MC to ever come out of the South. Correct, and we've had that conversation, and I, and I still hold true to that, even though the Rick Ross thing gives me cause to pause. Yeah. But I think he's yeah, the a better rapper. Me cause to pause. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think Ross can rap at that top yeah. five to ten MC level that Tip can rap exactly. at. Like, like how about this? Ross Tip gets going. Do, um, yeah, Ross can't do. I'm talking to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I never been checked. Get your mind right, nigga. Yeah, get your right. facts right, nigga. That's what he said. Right. Get to act right, so, nigga. No, no, I feel you. But in Talib's case, Talib's case, it's like. Well, you're traditionally looked at as a lyricist. And an intellectual, too. So you got to hit that bag and, and, and spar on the mic, fam. It's like, if you are who you say you are, like the Janae Iko song goes, if you are who you say you are. You know what I used to argue people down back in the day? And this is, you know, I was just... It ain't got nothing to do with Ye's beliefs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ye's beliefs don't have nothing to do with the fact that you're controlling him. It's like, make a dope diss record. Exactly. I used to argue people back in the day, and I and I think I was wrong, but I was really on my backpack shit, and I used to tell people like, man, I think Talib could beat Jay-Z in a battle. Listen to how he raps. He raps like a battle rapper. Just his delivery alone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that, that wasn't real. But, I will say this, I mean, if you feel this way, put it on wax, and it don't even have to be a quote-unquote diss record, but sometimes... Those type of energies and those type of, you know, just expressions and emotions that you got could come out in a great record. It could be an enlightening record. Who knows? But I think that putting those energies into going back and forth with people on IG, man, it's like, that's not what we want to see our artists doing. And I know what Talib would say because he said this before. He's like, you don't control me. You don't tell me how to do my art. You don't tell me how I express myself. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, you don't tell fans how they feel about how you express yourself either. I agree with all of that. But let me, let me chill and because I know when we start getting critical, no. when we start getting critical of artists that people fuck with, people get offended. So I'm a chill. Right. Well, <laughs> the only reason that this is even a conversation is because of how much Kanye is making himself an unlikable figure. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like he wouldn't be able to even get away with this uh, consistent, um, whatever it is, whatever that has him riled up about Ye. Like he wouldn't be able to do this consistent, consistently if if Ye wasn't, you know, yeah. being it feels, it feels like, look, now it's safe to hate on. Now it's safe Everybody to hate now it feels like yo. Now it's safe to hate on Ye, so let me go all in. So right. were you just waiting for a time to do this or something? Like <laughs> this nigga foolish, this nigga ignorant. Let's get up out of here, man. I gotta run, man. Great show. Did we miss anything? Uh, I would say we just need to rate the Snoop right quick. What would you think? This one's hard to rate because it's more of a vibe and it's more of a compilation. Again, I think Snoop always does a great job 
of pulling artists together and especially the uh, pool of talents that artists he has. Do we rate compilations? I'm out to say we have been rating compilations. Like I thought we rated the Earth Gang. Not the Earth Gang. We rated the uh, the Dreamville. We rated the Shay. We've okay. rated the uh, the Rosenberg. How New York, man. How do y'all let Rosenberg stay up there after he dissed? Chuck D, man. I, I don't understand that. Like, I, How do you let him stay up there after he said he didn't like Magic and then he played it live and it was apparent to all of us that he had never heard Magic, like at all? I don't It's like, oh. Anyway, I don't understand, but I'm going to digress. Here, here, here's my hot take before we leave. So you understand that we just rated Armani higher than Conway, the Shea, the Rome, and the Bennett, which means Griselda's probably going to have five albums in the top 20. Maybe six, depending on what Westside does, but hers is the highest right now. I think she made the best Griselda album this year, in my opinion. And now, Me granted, Westside's coming next Friday. Yeah, we'll see what Fly God do with it, but you know, <laughs> they say NY don't control Hot Nine Seven. I just don't understand how. Back on the Hot Nine Seven thing, right? Right. New York is the mecca hip hop, so hip hop was born. I just don't understand how New York radio is flooded and controlled by people who aren't even from New York. Like, you know, and again, Rosenberg's from D.C. Rosenberg's from D.C. and goes to New York and starts chomping down somebody like Chuck Chuck D., excuse me, who's not only probably the most important figure ever in hip hop and recorded hip hop, but he's a radio legend as well. Chuck D and them Public Enemy started in independent radio. And you want to sit here and come at Chuck D for his criticisms of New York radio and you ain't even from New York? New York, how y'all let that happen? I'm telling you, man, like there's no way some out-of-town DJ will come to Atlanta and start talking crazy about Big Boy. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. We're going to be fighting. We're going to be fighting. You're going to be out of this city. You're going to be out of this city. New York, how can y'all let him keep his post and still... run you out the south side and the east side if you do. Don't come down here with that. Shit is crazy to me. I don't understand it. Now, you know, Ebro, he good. You know what I'm saying? I think Ebro does a great job. He did a great 50 Cent interview and the Jeezy interview was good, too. Uh, CJ hey, Kidd with the Super Chat says, uh, Tonight, Dead End Hip Hop does hieroglyphic versus boot camp click. Who do y'all think uh, you got, Mike and Coop? I, I'm more of a high... Uh, I don't know, man. Boot camp click thick, man. I'm going boot camp click. Actually, I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, I think boot camp got the joints everybody know, but I think Hyro might be deeper because of how the solo spinoff stuff is going yeah. Yeah. deeper for longer. I don't know, Mike. That's a fascinating battle. It is. I'm Why excited to check for that. that out. You know what? You know what battle's better, though? Scarface versus Ice Cube on Patreon. On oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the, the Ice Cube. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before we get out of here, we got to promote that. We got the uh, Scarface, Ice Cube, Patreon, Monday. What time do you want to go on to? Something like that? I, I was going to say, what is your schedule looking like? My Mondays are officially free again. I know we talked about pulling up later to make it more viable for some of the people like Nas the Goat that haven't been able to jump in and contribute like live the way that they want. So as late as you can go on Monday, I can go. Can we do 3.30? Yeah, 3.30 yeah. is perfect. 3.30 to 5.30? Yep, 3.30, 5.30. Yeah. Patreon, Ice Cube uh, versus Scarface. Coop has Scarface. I got Cube. I got a lot of homework to do over the weekend. Uh, Mad Max says, uh, the, tour, <laughs> the 
the uh, the uh, J community controls Rosenberg. I was trying to talk about, tried to talk about it in code. You know what I'm talking I gotta, about. I got to come news. up with more code words, man. Um, huh. <laughs> Ebro ruined New York hip hop and the station. But you know what? Ebro's from out of town, too. Ebro's from out of town, too. I mean, see, it's so dangerous, Mike, because it's like, even with that whole demographic, it's like, well, we really, never mind. Never mind. You know what I'm saying? It's very problematic. Totally uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Well, we can get up out of here. Um, any other closing thoughts other than the fact that the Liz 2 is the best Griselda album to come out this year? Well, you know, what's funny is, is that I don't think they're having this is what I mean. See, they're kind of transitioning. They may not be the hottest thing in the streets anymore. Like that kind of buzz may be ending. But what I was telling you is that well, they're probably going to have six records in their camp that make the top 20 this year. And that's not counting the Che. If you were to count Che as an affiliate, that would make seven. So they're actually doing a better job about building and cultivating artists than people realize. You get what I'm saying? Like the whole camp is making like, what if Stove was dropping this year? No, that's fact. Right. Like they have a they have a camp of viable artists that make viably good music, hip hop projects, Mike. That's what's good about them. That's why I talk about them is because they're independent. They make dope hip hop music and they're showing that they know how to make artists like this album is infinitely better than the first one we enjoyed the first one i think we gave the mm -hmm. first one like a 3.5 this is literally a whole point better in two years yeah rome every street, time we hear to me rome streets, rome streets and, yeah. love the genius flea yeah. lord yeah to me rome streets and um and armani got the two most exciting efforts from that camp to me i love yeah. the rome streets i conductors going crazy and on a production, That's what I'm yeah, and, 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 and Westside's dropping like next week, like yeah, like they're still they're still they're still here and making waves and making an impact. But this is the thing about it, like, and I don't know if people know this, most of the people that we talk about on here and champion are independent artists. Ooh, somebody, just somebody said they wanted Ghostface and Scarface. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. I'm not doing that. All right, we got to get Ghostface and me. You're not going to Wu-Tang Clan me. We should do, you know what we should do since you, you say Ghost Ray. And Ray. Since you say Ray is so high, we should do a Ghost and Ray. I'm cool with doing Ghost and Ray. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to beat you. You got you only built for Cuban Links. You got you. that one. I'm going to have to really do some work. Only built for Cuban Links is heavy. Well, you got an album like Illmatic or Only Built for Cuban Links or Doggy Style, you got an advantage. No, that's real. I got the first verse to cream, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you do got cream on top of that. Right. Shit. That's what I'm saying. You can do you can do that all you want to. I told you, man, Ray is top 10. We got to do, do this Ray Ghost. Ghost. Ray. I told you. How about this? Mike? I'm not going to back down. Ghost is my guy. It's my, literally my not. favorite here's, MC. Here's, here's what I'll tell you. I told you. It's like if Ghost is 6 or 7 or 8, then Ray is like 10, 11, 12, right? And so even if you win, I guarantee you you're only going to win by like maybe a song, maybe two. That's what I'm saying is it's like if Ghost is better, it's going to be. Hmm. Now, I can't back down from that. I, I got to take Ghost. Do you yeah, want to do that I one mean, Monday or do you want to do the Cube? And um, Leroy's right. I got Supreme clientele. Of course, I know that. Well, you got Supreme clientele. But, you have a top 10-ish rap album. I have a top 
five-ish rounds. <laughs> yeah, because as much as I love Supreme Clientel, and I know it from front to back, it doesn't have an ice cream on it. And I don't think it has an incarcerated Scarface on it either. <laughs> it I got so Mike. That's what I'm saying. You already know I got ice cream, cream, and incarcerated Scarfaces. You understand that, right? I'm Shit. already three in. Right. Okay. Like I said, I'm not gonna back down from it. Ghost is my guy. We might not need to do that this week, but maybe the next. No, week. we. I'm gonna tell you what. I think we're both gonna need time to appropriately prepare. Yeah. Because I think here's the thing: we're probably gonna end, we might end up playing. So I might play something. He might be like, I was gonna use that. Well, yeah. I mean, well, see, the thing is, unless you use something from a Ghostface album, I think with those two, I got faster blade. That's what I'm saying. You got. I, I can't use stuff from Supreme Clientele. I wouldn't do that. You mean you mean? I mean not Supreme Clientele. Only built for so, so you wouldn't take Wisdom Body off Purple Tape, is what you're saying. Yeah. So you're saying I can't, I can't yeah. pull from. So yeah. so so how we're going to section this off before we go? Like for the goat, we'll do this in two weeks. Yeah. Is, is that I can't pull from Iron Man or right. Supreme or Bulletproof, and you can't pull from Purple Tape one and two essentially. Yeah. Because yeah. they do so much work this? together, it just wouldn't be right. fair to do all. Right. That. Yeah. Right. You want to know what I was thinking? It's like. <laughs> Can one of us play the MGM? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Whoever right. gets to the MGM first. Right. Whoever yeah. gets to the MGM first. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both I the was... Wu-Tang. Yeah. So we could play right. Wu-Tang songs. Older Gods. Man. You, you feel me? You, you listen. You will, if you play Older Gods, that'll look better for me. <laughs> you think Ghost has a better verse on Older yes. Gods? Yeah. I think Jizza has the... Yeah, we like Dorothy Hamill on ice. We might circle. I mean, just the way he jumped in that bitch. Y'all roll like a bat out of hell. Evil acapels, <laughs> fly spitting out of my grill. I just remember at the end of It's Yours video, I think it's like spitting, going in. Right. All right, well, let's get up out of here, man. Right, yeah, let's, let's do that. All right. All right, peace.